afternoon, good evening, good metal. My name's Cooper and welcome to the Spoken Metal Show. This episode this episode was uh, was a tough one. Um, why was it tough? Oh, because I was trying to speak to Luke, obviously using technology, and technology didn't want to play. Um, the equivalent of when everything goes wrong at a gig, um, the, this, was, this was one of those where it would cut out every five minutes, ten minutes, twenty minutes, You'd have to go back. We'd have to remember what we said. Something's completely missed. We'd have to go back and repeat ourselves and all that. And it became this just this real struggle over two days to kind of record this 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 podcast. Um, but we kept going. We kept going because this that's what I'm always telling you to do. Like you know, something's going to be fucking hard and difficult. You still got to attempt it. You still got to try and do it and not be put off. And so we we fought through. And you know, Luke's an absolute trooper. Like you know, he kind of. We got through everything and I'm going to stitch this together and kind of make some logic of it to many, many parts. But I think I've got something that actually makes sense to most listeners. They won't, they hopefully won't even see the difference. You know, when they want to hear the difference, uh, some will be like, why is he repeating himself there? And what's that? That doesn't make sense. He's just stopped talking there. But hopefully I've made it so it's quite sort of, uh, quite sort of smoothed out, if you will. Um, which is what I wanted to do to kind of make sure it's like a complete thing. The point from this is that yeah, we sh- you sh- you should you know you should release stuff even if you if you think it's you know it's 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 has some problems with it. It's the best you could do with what we've got. It's the best we could do. And I make these apologies now, especially with sounds and stuff. I always apologize, but no one's actually fucking said anything. So, in fact, quite the reverse. A lot of people have, have really enjoyed these these shows we've had to do under under lockdown circumstances, shall we call it? So. I'm really grateful everybody everybody has done that. Like so, I've also had like a lot of people suggesting some really cool stuff as well, which I'll kind of talk about in, in in the next in the next show. And the next show will be um, part of the surprise as well. Something nice to look forward to. Like I said, there was the teasing, and it is a. Uh, I can say this now because this is the end coming up to the end of the week. This is going to be a sit down with Jamie from Deified who've got a new album coming out, or mini-EP, uh, short album, if you will, coming out. So I've got this album really, really early, and we get a chance to sit down with with Jamie, and we're going to go through track by track the the, the album itself. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk, get really involved in it and kind of listen to a lot. So that was the, the kind of surprise that I promised you. all something to look forward to for the end of the week. Uh, it's going to be the beginning of next week. We'll be sitting down with uh, with Jamie from Deified and going through all the uh, the, the album's tracks. So I think you'll really enjoy that. Um, I certainly did. Did um, you know when I go through it with him? Uh, on on I want to sit down and figure out what's going on and when I'm going to put this. It's better, I think, to put this kind of at the uh, beginning of next week. I think that'll make the most amount of sense so people can hear it and people can listen to it. And I'll put all the details on that on the social media as as we get there. How about everybody finding that kind of little schedule I put together as well? That's pretty good. And it's been good for me to keep my sort of sanity and to make sure that I'm actually, you know, kind of trying to do stuff with the with the, with the podcast as well. So if you're a podcaster, I would advise doing it. I thought it was very very useful to me. So anyway, here is a sit down with with Luke Daly. Luke is the drummer and vocalist, which is one of those rare combinations of the band Sick. Sick, I kind of saw metal to the masses. I thought they were full of yeah, sort of energy and kind of all that type of thing, and and, and they really kind of enjoyed what they were doing. So I always promised Luke that I'd sit down with him at one point. It's a real great sort of. Um, friends of the show and a great player as well like you know really kind of like interesting stuff and 
he uh, he's a really interesting guy as well. He challenged me on a lot of stuff, which is exactly what I want. I don't, you know, I never get people on the show just go, yeah, Cooper, think you're amazing or all that, because I'm not. But I, that's not kind of what we're trying to do here. He came back with a lot of things. So why do you think that, Cooper? And I disagree. And what about that? And that meant for a more interesting conversation. These conversations should be, a conversation should be two people talking about their their opinions, both getting a chance to air their opinions and say what they feel, and then discussing those opinions and then coming away from it with a better understanding and maybe even admitting they're wrong and changing the way they do things and moving forward. That's the that's the, the, the whole point of discourse, isn't it? It's the whole point of talking to, to one another. And we do that. We covered everything in this week we were this is a long one uh this is it and, and, and i think you'll enjoy it this is me sitting down with luke daly from sick luke daly finally on the show fucking hell luke daly ladies and gentlemen for the band sick which is a which is an ironically appropriate fucking title for a band name oh it's <laughs> fucking it's like hell mate we wrote ourselves a, a few jokes there going for that name. <laughs> jesus christ how you doing big man all right yeah, sound. Yeah. Uh, we said before we came on on the show, we were saying how we were both fucking holed up that we couldn't go to gigs, we couldn't go out to to have a drink or anything. It fucking sucks, like you know, uh, climbing the walls, man. Climbing the no walls. No light. It's fucking <laughs> shit. There's, there's absolutely nothing to do. Like... So I first I first saw you guys uh, at the uh, Metal to the Masses, uh, and I, I, I covered it in the podcast that I did about Dan about how it was kind of like really impressed by how kind of you just really threw yourselves at it and you know i mean how long have you been playing when i saw you at the metal to Masters? was that like the, one of the first shows um it's a good fucking question to be honest because it's like it's <laughs> weird see even just being like how long have you been going uh where do you do you count a band as serious like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. we have full lineup when we've gigged when we mm. wrote material together Mm. When we've a uh, kind of amalgamation of all those things, yeah. I mean, technically, like I've been playing drums and singing in a band called Sick for it's nearly two years now. Right, but with different lineups and shit, like yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it it, it like back then we hadn't had any written material, but but you got to start somewhere, so it's kind of. Yeah, you, you know, have to start moving and deal with it as it as it happens. If you people change in and out and all the rest of that shit, like you know, you kind of you have to roll with the punches a bit, don't you? Yeah. The current lineup with with Max and Josh and Dave mm. and me. Uh, when you saw us, it was it was less than a year. I, I want to say eight or nine months, something like mm. that. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm trying to think now. The set we played was like close call. Was like the newest song, so you caught us at a very early stage, I think. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. So I mean, I always kind of go when I start these things. I always talk about when someone first kind of hears music. So when was the first time you kind of were adopted by Mother Metal? Like, you know, when did you first um, start hearing things that made you? I was. I I was I was a punk before I was. Uh, ah, that makes a lot of I, sense. Yeah. So, I literally, uh, I got to, like, 11, and playing that much, like, FIFA games and stuff, like, I was into, like, stuff like Blair and Gorillaz and New Order, which was, like, it was just, oh, yeah, it was on FIFA, or it was on, like, Spider-Man on the PS1. Um, (laughs) 
you know what I mean? I, I, I yeah, got yeah. from games, and then suddenly I was I picked up the CD in my dad's fucking room, and it was like, oh fuck, it's the remote. That was a CD. Here we go. Oh, yes. <laughs> and I just I just haven't changed since. That's metal like metal seemed quite weird at first to me, um, but. I, it was. I had to listen to it to it a lot to get used to it. As a kid, it was very. It was actually quite hard to get into. I don't know whether you found that. It's but. interesting that you talk about like um, with the first time you hear like music being in a video game, and that's that's probably a, a consequence of of that generation. That like were a lot of soundtracks to like you know th- things like Gran Turismo and stuff from FIFA. They had yeah, like soundtracks yeah. and stuff like that. You know, you had Guitar Hero and, and, and all that type of thing. And even now, I'm playing um, Doom Eternal and that's got a proper metal soundtrack. That like proper, like valid, you know, it's not just throwaway. It's it's quality written heavy music. Well, like, you know, and, Doom's like the original Doom, like is fucking yeah. the soundtrack on that guy, even though it's like it's still good, six isn't it, bits like? or something. It's fucking shit. Yeah. But even now, like that's 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 now a big deal. Soundtracks for video games are fucking huge, and all the like fighting games and games where it's like fucking shooting and shit. The old ten, Call of Duty uses uh, Sandman. Enter Sandman. The latest Call of Duty's got Metallica as being well, there's, there's one, been of the, one of the bands. Like, yeah, the it's just funny that that I never it never occurred to me that that might have been someone's first sort of way in. So. So you you did your dad was your dad a bit of a punk rocker then because you like the Ramones and all that type of thing? Uh, oh, my dad was like a proper seven. I mean, he still is to an extent, like proper seventies punk, but didn't yeah, really like yeah. any of the American stuff. So the Ramones were as all right, okay. I got. So like my yeah. dad's favorite band are like the Clash, but sure. uh, I could only talk to him and say like to this day about say like the Rizillos and stuff. Because he just mm. got into all the stuff. He got into, like, two-tone and, uh, like, reggae. And scar and stuff, music. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. I, I always had, like, common ground with him, like, blues and stuff. But mm. everything that, for example, that, like, I'm into, so we'll probably get onto this because it's, it's a metal show, I had to go out and either listen to the record or research the band myself, which is... right. For a lot of people, at least through my experience, they've either had a dad or an uncle or a friend that's been into it. Whereas me personally, I was quite alone in my exploration of metal as a genre. Okay, so you didn't have kind of like a gatekeeper. You didn't have someone who was like, this is the album no. you need to listen to. You didn't have no, that. I never, so how I never did, got told, so like, listen you... to these. It was, yeah. I'll, I'll have so to, I'll just fuck... have to listen to these. Where the fuck do you start then? I mean, you know, how did you hear stuff then? How did without a gatekeeper? Was it like I don't the internet? know? I, it... I really don't know. Okay. Um, okay. I could, I could pin it down to like another couple of video games, if I'm honest. But right, it's like G- GTA San Andreas was a a big big oh, game. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't just that had the whole channel of metal, but it had a whole channel like you know pop and everything, didn't it? Yeah, and classical. Yeah. I remember on one of them, yeah. But wow. I don't know. It, it's like it got me into like uh, it got it got me into metal. It got me mm. into even more like kind of hardcore punk. It got me into classic rock because there was a separate station for that. 
It yeah. got me into East Coast gangster rap and eighties <laughs> synth yeah. and electronic music. Like I really, yeah. I love all of that music to this day. And even like, mm. uh, like there was a Barry, ah, oh, there was a fucking Barrington Levy song. I think it was broader than Broadway or something like that. Like one of his like his right. his mad tunes. But like, yeah. I, I'd listen to that, and my dad would be like, "What the fuck are you playing?" And I'm like, "That's <laughs> just CTA." That's fucking Barrington Levy. Like, what the fuck's going on, Luke? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but I like it. So, was there was there a first kind of metal band that you kind of really kind of latched onto? That you were like, okay, these these speak to me. These are these this this works. Like, this makes sense to me. I mean, what do we? Because I I know what I want to say, but it's like oh, okay. metal bands. It, it's embarrassing. Okay, it was how, how, what the fuck? What, what is, what is the world coming to when someone says it's embarrassing to say ACDC? Man, it's fucking. That's a lot of people's first bands. I've, I've listened to them way too much. Man. I've listened to them. I've <laughs> seen, like I'm sick of them now, and I've seen them live. I can say yeah. like. Was 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 so that was what ACDC were like the first sorts of band that you kind of latched onto. We like okay, I need to listen to everything they've done. I need to go back and find their albums and all that shit. Yeah. Was that the first kind of guys? It was like I don't know. It was like seeing them, and then it was literally like this is the generation that I'm from. It's like so you Google it and you go onto YouTube and it's like in old fashioned like ye old 2004 YouTube. There's like five other songs that you can flip to. And there's, you know, from my mind, like, the earliest stuff. So, like, with other ACDC songs, it was bands like Scorpions and, you know, Guns N' Roses. Like, all these kind of broad dad rock bands. But I had to listen to it to get to it. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, a lot of people yeah. just get old. Like, if you like this, you'll like that. It, I, I went the long way around, unfortunately. And I just ended up listening to, like... I ended up seeing like Iron Maiden, and when I, I distinctly remember, like when I listened to Iron Maiden for the first time, I didn't really listen. I, I looked at them, and they looked fucking okay. weird to me. I was like, these guys <laughs> like her tights with fucking long hair, <laughs> and I'm getting a fucking seizure from the stage lights. Like, what the fuck <laughs> is this? And then I listened to it like three times. I was like, you know what? This is fucking good. This. This is good. But yeah. It 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 was. It was weird being a teen. I was just the. I can't. I can't imagine that. That, that like, because I was there, you know, from the largely the inception of certainly I made and to, to begin and partying before Bruce, not for maybe ACDC, maybe for when Brian Johnson kind of joined, but I kind of saw the whole journey. So I kind of sometimes forget that some people wouldn't have seen that, and they're just going back yeah. and looking at one particular stage. I went back and looked at Judas Priest uh, a couple of weeks ago. Or one of the the out of the tours, the Fuel for Life tour with with Turbo, and they look like something out of fucking Star Trek. And I thought that's yeah. going to blow someone's mind. And they go back and listen to it now. They, well, they, uh, they, there's many different stages to a band's life, you know. Didn't Darden have like his hair out? Yeah, yet? and it was like Maybe, I, I like him there. I think Hal, Hal, Halford back in the like Sad Wings of Destiny days, in the early days, in the rock and roller days, had like a massive hat on and long blonde hair. Oh yeah, it's a million miles away from what he is now, and his shaved head and fucking, and it's, and I forget that sometimes you know, people are are selective where they pick. You know, Ike has uh, a a stupid sage where they dressed weirdly 
or you know what I mean, of a certain time, like you know. But I remember yeah. seeing Slayer for the first time with like and seeing Kerry with the fucking armbands right the way up his arm with the spikes the nails. on. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, what the fuck <laughs> is going on here? Like you know, so seeing like so uh, maybe. Go on, no, you're all right. Sorry. I, ACDC being the first people I'm thinking and I'm almost certain this is the case where does Motorhead come in then because that's the Motorhead's always the the bridge between the two bands or two bands two genres of punk and and metal Uh, Motorhead were really weird Motorhead were quite late I managed to get into Iron Maiden I think before Motorhead Uh Um, I think my dad somehow got his hands on bomber for me on vinyl okay yeah so it's like i know every fucking track on that because <laughs> when you're a sad <laughs> eight year old you just you just listen to it because you don't know anything else um <laughs> just on repeat yeah like i think it it was bomber or it wasn't ace of spades i know that a lot of people are like oh i got on that yeah trick. start with ace of spades yeah, yeah it was bomber or it was the first album one of them i can't remember yeah the first time I, I saw Motorhead, I, I mean, I, I love that band. I really do. But I, I never got to see them, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, like. So when did you I, when did you start picking up an instrument then? When did you start kind of playing? Oh, when was it the is, drums first? This is even more complicated, because, like, every... <laughs> we got all the time in the world. Every instrument I ever picked up, I was shit at. <laughs> so, um... So, like, it started, I was about 10 or 11, so, like, mm. I'm going through this Ramones phase, I'm going through, like, like this, I'm listening to decent music for once phase, yeah. um, and it was a, it was a transition into, like, early adulthood, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, I guess I've gone back to it, because you'll, you'll recognise me shirt now, but yeah. I literally yeah. wore football kits, and had a number two buzz cut, that was my life. I played football, did that not. Was that was yeah. my life. And then when I hit like 10 or 11, I was like, oh, fuck, there's something else to do. I can sit and listen to music. I had yeah, like, yeah. we were into skateboarding, so I started getting into that. So I started wearing jeans instead of trackies, t-shirts instead of polos, shit like that. I had to get lessons for it. And then one thing led to another. I, I mean, after about two, three years of trying to learn it, I just went, fuck this. I, I like bass better. And then in high school, I like it was like four or five years. I still got my bass, uh, a P bass, a Squire P bass. Mm. And I was all right, but I wanted to sing as well, and it just weren't happening. And then when I started college, I kind of dropped, like, everything. I, I had, like, no time. Like, I had a paper round, for example, in high school. I had to drop that for college. College was fucking intense. So, um, yeah, so, like, I, I did guitar and bass, and then I literally, I mean, I, I tried to do a band with Dave, who's the guitarist in Sick with the beard. Yeah. Um, In, like, the last year of college, uh, we, we had, like, two different drummers, and we were just shite. We were just... <laughs> I, we had no direction. I couldn't play really. Dave could play, but we couldn't get a drummer to to play past four four. We we were just shite, and it was yeah. a real bad attempt. I don't know whether you know him, but uh, as a singer, a fellow called Matthew Gregson, 
Uh, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. And this, this was around the time like uh, I'm trying to think. Like Exiled was still a band. If we're talking like, local scene terms, which was quite yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so like, we, yeah, I think the band was called Illicit, and we were booked to play. I don't know who was promoting it, but basically, Grego quit the night before. And okay. it's probably for the best because we probably would have like publicly embarrassed ourselves. The set, the whole band, <laughs> never mind the set, was just shite. We had like fifteen <laughs> minutes of material and it was just covered. So that was playing bass. I mean, drums didn't happen till, as I say, like literally sick. Like I don't know what it was. I don't know what the catalyst was. I just kind of went. I should probably play drums. I, re- I really wanted to sing and be a frontman and, and be out there, yeah. but um, it felt like there was, it's like uh, I could throw a verse out, but it's like when there's a guitar solo or someone, no idea what I'd do. Mm. So, um, yeah, with with Sick, so like we're, we're coming back to like instruments and stuff, Um about yeah about two years ago now it's pretty much i think it was like 2017 me and a uh, a former friend <laughs> <laughs> this is we're gonna get into like some shit trust me I, 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 oh my god <laughs> so um yeah like so we're, we're two years ago um and me and a me and a former friend were like let's form a band this friend was a lead guitarist and he's a pretty good guitarist. I, I still stick with yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, we've wanted to form a band. And we got together like a bass player and a rhythm guitar player. But we were like, who's going to go on vocals? I was drumming. And basically, we're literally... So we tried to get one. And the fella basically cancelled on us. Um, then the lead... Sorry. Then the rhythm guitarist said, I don't want to do this. This was like all in the space of like an an hour or something <laughs> on like a Saturday afternoon. So it basically Amazing. ended up with me and Stefan uh, in a practice get something done. Yeah, and we just we you'll be surprised. We were just jamming um Seek and Destroy by Metallica. Yeah, like really really fast, and I just went fuck this. Let's get a microphone. Started doing it, and it was. It was pretty fucking terrible because I we we took footage to show to another candidate for a bass player. If you get me, we were like, yeah, we've got half a lineup. Please. Be <laughs> <laughs> but and it seems it, like it's it's it seems pretty cool though that the way you kind of you kind of ended up where you are as a band and ended up where you are as a musician is just being like fuck it, you know. Just I I, I need to we need to we need someone to sing. Fuck, I'll fucking sing. There, there was no kind of like. You know, oh, this is exactly how it should be. It should be um, a singer to guitar player. But there was no... It was just like, fuck, it needs to be. We'll just make yeah. it so. I love that kind of punk rock ethic of just like, we need, to, yeah. we need someone to sing. Fuck, okay, drummer's singing now then. You just fucking get on with it. It just needs to be done. I love that attitude, though. That's fucking... That's a very much like, you yeah, get it, getting a fucking done attitude. That's great. So yes. when did you start to kind of get an almost complete lineup then? I mean... Uh, literally, like to put it into Josh is the seventh bass player we've had. 
it's like fucking spinal tap man shit yeah no it's it is fucking mad like uh, I mean, I did bands with Stefan where I wasn't even the first, like, I, I weren't even the first drummer. There was, uh, I think Dave's the third rhythm, and uh, we replaced Stefan in the end, Yeah, which was which was funny in itself, like, I'll get into that later, but, um, <laughs> yeah, like, literally, I'm the only original member, and it's kind yeah. of, it's not, it's not, it's not like a dictatorship, but it's like, for some reason, all the other lads, like, usually come to me for, like, quality control. It's really, really funny. Are, like, are, I feel old when I'm 23. It's like, what the fuck's going on, man? Like, are you are you a bit of a hatchet man, then? Like, are you a bit like fucking Dave Mustaine? Like, play, and then yeah. go, do you know what? This isn't for me, this kind of thing. Sorry. It was hard, because, like, half the people we didn't really know. So... Yeah. Like, I tried with, like, friends and people I knew, um, and it it kind of went one way or the other. Like, we mm. I we had a really good bass player just before Josh, a mm. fella called who was uh, in a band called Audio Junk, and I'd okay. seen them with Dead Rebel. Like, Dead, I saw them with Dead Rebel when Dead Rebel was supporting them, and they were, like, yeah. sick of Audio Junk. They were fucking good. Just couldn't get get out the house. Never mind to practice. Yeah. And it like to the point where we haven't had a practice with you in six weeks, man. Are you sure you can do this? And he's like, no. And we're like, well, we're gonna look for someone else. There were a lot yeah. of incidents where it was just like, look, if you can't get down, we're semi serious about this. To the point where, sorry, we'll have to sack you. There were a wow. couple of people. Like, we we had a fella uh, come down. And he had, like, a pedal board that was bigger than the room. <laughs> Started playing. Like, a, like, he was a really good bass player. I'd like a tone quite similar to, um... Oh, God. I'm trying to think. No. This is going to kill me. Cliff Burton. And he, he was playing and stuff. And then we played, like, a set with him. He was pretty much like, do you know what? I'm in the wrong band. You guys are the exact quote that we got. And it was like, what the fuck are you on, man? So you sort of got like a fucking bit of a hatchet man then, like that kind of uh, Dave Mustaine type of thing, kind of just getting the right people and the right sort of things and chopping and changing the people you had in your lineup. Um, I don't know, because the figure of Mustaine was kind of... I mean, I, at least from my knowledge, like, Mustaine would hire and fire people when it was kind of already an established band, like they were professional. Right, right. But in my experience, like, it was a bit different. So we had people, like, uh, they'd say, yeah, I'll meet you I'll meet you here, I'll do this. Never showed up. You know what yeah. I mean? And yeah, I don't yeah. know them. They're not a friend. So it's like, well, I'm not going to ask you back, am I? Are you going to fucking show me up like that? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that's that's half the problem. Maybe people who are in band don't realise that one of the the biggest problems is literally getting fucking people in the same room. Not let, yeah. Never mind being into the same music or playing this instrument or learning this song or any of that shit. Being actually getting people into a room to make music is, is a real effort, isn't it? it? It's it's really hard from my perspective. I mean, we like the bass player before, Josh, hmm. a fella called Sam, hmm. and uh, Sam was a really good fucking bass player, but it was like we were at one point 
but basically he had really bad mental issues and yeah. uh, it was like I, I can't get out the house guys like I don't want to go outside yeah, yeah, man yeah. back to some stuff because it was yeah. like it was alright on messen- messaging you know what I mean and, mm. and like he's playing the stuff and all that crap yeah which is good like can't fault him but it got to the point, like, I think it was, like, the fifth or sixth week, and we were like, are yeah. you going to come down this week, or should we look for someone else? And he, he just like, went honest, like, you know, I can't make it down. And it's like, well, we know yeah. where we're at. But that yeah. happened, like, with a few people. Like, a few people just turned up and mm. then said, this isn't for me. Or we tried yeah. to take the idea, and they were like, I don't know whether I want to do this. Like, I thought I was joining. Uh, to, Someone was like, "Use a power metal band." I'm not, I'm not really into this. Like, I thought yeah. he was mental for saying that. <laughs> I don't think you're a power metal band at all. No, like. no exactly. Yeah. But this was like early days as well, so we were like mm. even more punkier, to be honest. But yeah. in my experience, like it was just trying to get people that can actually play down a certain time of the week. Yeah, yeah. Do it. it like, whereas like. It, Back to Mustaine, like, Mustaine was kind of like, well, the record company uh, can supply me with another one to use. Yeah. And I don't have to deal with you wanting half the t-shirt money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, it was definitely more more business orientated with Mustaine, I feel like, yeah. I don't think so much now. I think uh, he's, he's, I think he's, he's healed a lot of the wounds of stuff like, you know, um, with 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 Talica and, and all the rest of it, you know, and I think he has healed some of those wounds. But it, it's like it's more a case of sometimes there's nothing wrong with being driven. I guess there's nothing wrong with going. You know what? This isn't right. You know, it's not where I want to be. It's not what I want to play. Let's change that. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, yeah. quite often bands. I'd rather have a band decide to call it a day because it wasn't working or split up or whatever because they, they, they agreed it wasn't working or artistic differences if you want to. I'd rather have that than them playing purely for the sake of oh well we you know we don't know what else to do you know what i mean that's the that's that's a fucking horrible thing to go through you know what i mean where they're just where bands going through the motions you know, especially yeah. if you're a signed big band you, i want them to i want you to fucking care do you know what i mean it's it's kind of it's weird though because it's it's only something the artist can decide for themselves mm. so it's like it's it's whether it's justified whether mm. we as outsiders can seriously say that was justified or not like some people yeah. just end the band don't they and don't give an explanation it just ends and yeah, it dies yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. you're left festering well, there's a lot of especially with metal fans i find there's a lot of uh, this kind of ownership mentality with bands as well where they're like you haven't released an album why the fuck not or why don't you play this song live or why don't you play this city or why the fuck did you get rid of the keyboards and stuff and I, and I think to myself, when the fuck did bands have to owe us fucking anything? Well, it's passion, <laughs> not. It, yeah, on, I, I think it's like, probably like, the, the, the wrong end of passion, isn't it? Passion's great, but the wrong end of it is when you you, you feel as though that band, band are beholden to you. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I, I think that's when it becomes a problem. Remember when... Um, Martin, the guy, the uh, the guy who did the fucking uh, Game of Thrones stuff, um, people were up with death, sending death threats to him because he wasn't doing the next book quick enough. And you're like, 
That's just counterproductive, isn't it? Yeah, it just, it just makes you a fucking damn thing. A band, all a band owes you to be is to is to play their honest, the honest a thing of what they want to do. And if you don't like it, it's it's not their fault. You know what I mean? It's like when bands do different things with like think about when Metallica did fucking um, when they did Load and stuff and you did the shit they got. And I tell that story all the time of like Cake Hammett walking down the road and. They just released the one video, which is the first video they ever did, and it was on MTV. Yeah. And some guy spat at him because he was like, "You fucking sold out, and you're not what yeah, you're not my band I'm, anymore." You that that's a thing, like yeah. that K Hammer thing. I've never actually heard about. Oh right, yeah. That... So yeah, K Hammer tells the story. It's documented. It's probably somewhere on the internet there. That yeah, he was walking down the street, and and a bad a guy spat at him and gave him a hard time because. He, he'd done the one video and he was like you're on mtv now you're not a fucking proper thrash band you know you're not underground and, and in his <laughs> words in K- yeah in kirk hammond's yeah, words he was like we we, we kind of we weren't in this pocket anymore we'd grown you know and and, yeah. and that, I think that's why people get angry when, when bands change this stylistically change anything or do anything is because they're like oh fucking hell the one constant in my life you fucked with like you know it's it depends though, because it's like there are certain bands that get away with it. It, it say like Metallica or even I don't know. I'm trying to think of like a similar band that kind of uh, I don't know. Like this is the thing. Like Pantera no, never got stick for changing it up. Or yeah, well, exactly. You, you, interestingly about Pan, yeah Pantera. I mean, you had like, but everybody thinks that the first album is 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 Cowboys from Hell. It's not. And it's like yeah. there's a whole bunch of work before then where they were, a, by definition, by their own definition, a power metal band. And, and they had like, you know, Anselmo had like big pompadour hair and stuff. And they were like, they were a power metal band. And, I, I don't know they were like, power metal. I, I think they were like, they were like docking. I may, they were like the I may, be, I may be wrong here. I'd have to check it. I'm sure someone will correct me because I am. I'm pretty sure they had a song called Power Metal. Or something no, along did. those lines. Exactly, it was an album, yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I wouldn't say they're Halloween. I, I really. Yeah. Would. <laughs> I think Halloween, a power metal, fucking hell, we're drowning in fucking definitions. You know, the point being is that, like, yeah, is that they changed from that into what we we know as Pantera. And yeah, then, definitely, they've changed. Yeah, yeah and, and no one seems to... I think if you change it, it's good. No one gives a fuck, do they? Like, I mean, but I don't know. It's, a, it's an interesting thing. The point of the whole thing is that we're, it's interesting how sometimes we feel as though we have... A, so certain fans of music have feel as though they have an ownership over over the band. I think that's just interesting to me. I mean, imagine if someone comes up to you in 10 years' time when you're playing yeah. the O2 Arena... And they're like, yeah, six fucking amazing. But I preferred it when so and so was in the band. That was the best example of sick. That was the best version of them. You'd laugh um, your balls off, you know. Um, I don't know. Me personally, like I, I'd just be like, well, if you want to go and see so and so, so and so's at this address <laughs> playing this, <laughs> you know, go see him. Like, I'll never yeah. shit on anyone. I really yeah. will never ever shit yeah. on anyone. The thing. Yeah. It sounds like it's. It sounds like Luke. Though you've just been going okay. You know, some things have been circumstanced. People couldn't get to the show. People couldn't get to this. Some people, you know, it wasn't. You seem very diplomatic about how you've kind of gone to the like the lineup you're on now. Which leads to the obvious question: Is this lineup 
feel the most stable. Yeah, this is this is it. Yeah, I this think. One, yeah. It, it. I mean, th- this is the thing. It's like working with people in the past, mm. and we have had problems to the point where it's like, uh, for example, Stefan. I was talking about him a little bit, like the yeah. fella I formed sick with. Um, yeah. We'd been friends by the time we'd formed sick for about five years. Right. And him falling out with us in the band ended that friendship. And he was that's, friends with that's, us. that's a real shame when that happens, isn't it? You know? It, yeah, it wasn't it, it wasn't nice. Mm. But um at the same time at the same time, like I think I remember saying yesterday when we tried to record, like he yeah. was a good guitarist, he still is a good guitarist, he should really get involved. Yeah. I'll never yeah. Involved, mm. But I don't have to work with him. So I won't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So when when did when did you kind of decide that you were definitely going to be on the drums, definitely going to sing, and that was going to be your position in the band? Is it still something you you mess around with, or is is that what you think you you should be doing in that band? Um, I mean, drumming and singing came out of necessity. Yes. Yeah. We we started, I think. Six started about, it was at least a year and a half ago, it's probably two years ago now. Yeah. My memory is quite fragmented. <laughs> um, yeah, so I started then. Before then, I'd experimented. I'd be, I was like, yeah, go on, let's be a frontman. But it, it, found, it I found myself like not doing enough, basically. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it wasn't going to be guitar or bass. Mm. So... I fell back on drums and it was like, yeah, I can make this work. Yeah. It, it's actually, yeah. So uh, where does that, where does that kind of work then when it comes to writing stuff? How do you, is it, is it, still, is it wrote, wrote from riffs first, lyrics first? What's, what's the sort of procedure then? If you, if you're kind of leading the charge, if you will, but from the drums and, and vocally. Well, I'll, I'll play drums separately anyway. That's the thing. Right. I don't, I, I, it's hard to explain, but basically, like, when there's a riff, we write from riffs, we don't write from lyrics. Okay. Um, I've never really been able to, so the thing, like, when I've uh, wrote lyrics and stuff with a key in mind, for some reason, it, it never really translates yeah. uh, to a rhythm very well. Mm. So we tend to just go for, so we do riffs, and then the lyrics get added on top of everything else. Right. The drums usually kick in, and then the lyrics are just what's appropriate to the feeling of the song. That's how we write. There's a lot of people that would say as well, like that um, some of the best kind of you know songwriters are ones that are multi instrumentalists. You know, I mean, the obvious one and you know the elephant in the room is, is Dave Grohl. You know, someone who you know renowned drummer. You know, you know world renowned drummer. Yeah. Amazing guitar player because he's got a real good sense of rhythm. You know what I mean, and 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 a great sort of songwriter to boot. And I think that you wouldn't have got some of the guitar stuff if you hadn't have got some of the drum stuff, and you wouldn't have got some of the drum stuff if you hadn't got some of the guitar stuff, and and the vocally the same way. You know, it kind of helps. Just being a veteran, really, isn't it? Like a veteran. I think he's just being very talented. Yeah, I think that's yeah. probably where it comes from. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think like now if I did want to do something, I apart from what I do. I'd mm. be more quick to do it. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Doing this, but yeah, 
right now I haven't really got the desire to sing on my own or drum drum by itself or yeah. do else. Like it just, just feels right right now. Yeah, and that's or, all it should ever do. Like you say, you're beholden to no one. You should just, you know, write and record and do what you need to do. Uh, you know, as it is, and then change it as it, as and when it, it needs to change. There's a history is littered with bands that change the amount of guitar players they have. You know, uh, the amount of vocalists they have, who sings, who doesn't sing. Yeah. It's fine. It's it, there's no rules for this shit. Like, and thank God there isn't. You know. Well, I, it feels like sick. Like it, even when I talk about that, like I, I'm gonna stress, like sick isn't done yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's still so, very much still. Like I say, year, a year and a half is no time at all to 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 be in a, to be in, in in a band like with it with an almost completed lineup. Plenty of room, and you should. You know, I want my bands to grow, and I want my bands to kind of like do different things and experiment with stuff. I don't, you know, they're not beholden to me. You know, they're beholden to good music. You know, and, it is it is weird though because like even a year and a half, like I, I like I I can be really honest with you and say like. So when I started this band, I was literally like, oh, yeah, we'll get signed in a year. That's red flag number one. Yeah, okay. I know. I know it sounds yeah. completely fucking stupid. Well, what I tell yeah. you, uh, listen, it doesn't sound, that doesn't sound stupid. As a goal, doesn't sound stupid. What, what to me is maybe not where it, it would be for the, or I would raise a red flag, is thinking that you need to get signed now. Do you see what I mean? Uh, see, like, this, this is a conversation that, see, if we get into it, this is a rabbit hole, man, because no, I, I don't we even can, know Robert, we, 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 We're all good at, uh, this This podcast is littered with rabbit holes, we're good to do, but it, <laughs> it's, a, it's a valid question that I ask a lot of young bands, their first goal is to is to get signed, and I, un, I honestly believe that a lot of the people that have that as an initial goal don't understand what that means. They, I think, and I would, I'm trying to play devil's advocate as much as I can here, in, in so much as that I think they think it means that's it, you've won, you've crossed over the finish line, you're just going to get money up the wazoo, and, and off you go touring the world. This and, isn't and, my and, current view either. So no, no, yeah, but I and, and so that's why I'm always a bit sort of wary of bands that like want to get signed, full stop. You know, it's like, it's like I want to become a brain surgeon. I get it, but do you understand what brain surgery is all about? You know, there's, 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 it seems like it's, the, the, the goal should be smaller, you know. Yeah. Yeah, ultimately, if you get signed, it's great, but the, the, especially in this climate and especially in this techno technological climate where you can release your own work anyway, essentially, you know, signing only really helps distribution and promotion. I mean, I don't know what your thoughts on Lou. I mean, being signed is a little... I wish I had the experience to. That'd be a really cool thing if you got someone who was signed that can could compare it to when they were. Although the very fact that they decided to to get signed and they'd done that contract probably puts them in one camp rather than the other. I, I would say this, and, and normally I'm 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 fucking full disclosure. And I don't give a fuck, but I can't mention this band's name. But it's a band I know um, who yeah. uh, we've been signed a couple of years ago. And they're, they're, they're really breaking through. It's not in the metal genre, but believe it or not. And I know this musician from this particular band, and he regrets signing. He says now he knows he got a really bad deal that they're essentially yeah. getting out of now and going with someone else. But they got a really bad deal, which means that you know a lot of the stuff they won't own personally. They made nowhere near as much money as they could have done. They owe money. 
and it left them in a really like difficult position. Now it ultimately said like we got signed and it means that now I'm in a position where I can say, well, we've been on this label and we've done really well. You should sign us to your label. And he knows what to look yeah. for now in a deal. But he was, he said he was surprisingly naive and it put him in a really difficult position. There's things like 360 deals where essentially they take, they don't really give you an awful lot of money. And, and yeah, I mean, we can get into yeah, that. Yeah. You, you can get into that. And there's deals where they, where they completely take all your merch and stuff and all that type of thing. And, and well, the you matches and stuff. Mm, yeah. Take of, I think it's 40% on your merchandise and everything It could be else. even more, yeah. But the point is that this guy was said that you know, his deal was really bad and he rushed into it. And I'm sure the, the landscape of, of music, not just metal, is littered with bands who've got a, who've got a shit deal, you know. So mm. I suppose what I'm saying is that, you know, is there a world where, we can le- where you can release your stuff without a record deal you know without a, a distribution deal now is that is that is that even a world we exist in i, I don't know it it's it it's weird because it's like um say it if i were doing like an extreme metal band for example mm. say if i was doing a black metal project yeah i'd know exactly what to say to you and i'd be like right if we want to get on an underground label, that'd help with distribution. That's fine. Yeah. We'd yeah. usually be quite underground. So it's like, it's grassroots level anyway. You are not going to get played by a radio station. Really? You know what I mean? A commercial, you know, like radio. Yeah, you're one. not going to be, you, you're, not, you're not selling out uh, the Liverpool arena. You're not, that's not going to happen no. with, a, with a black well, metal project. Well, ironically, it's easier when you're towards the bottom of the scale yeah, to sell I think... your initial t-shirts. Yeah. to sell your album because mm. you're this you, you, the the fan base is quite uh culty you know like yeah so more like, devoted as you approach the niche ends of any musical spectrum the fans te- seem to get more hardcore and more kind of fervent don't they yeah. seem to kind of, yeah definitely but it like in my position because we are trying to do something that isn't exactly uh don't know cattle decapitation yeah uh, or but it's not exactly abba do you know what i mean yeah 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 um, yeah it's genuinely it's it's quite it's hard for me to des- decide like what a label could do for me i mean as it currently stands like we've got a little bit of a local following the name does a lot but not a lot of people come to shows yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i mean yeah well i think I think if, if you were signed, everybody would still have those problems. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think for exactly. me, there's, there's sort of three things here. The first thing is that being signed uh, opens up and obviously gives you a whole book, book a load of contacts for people who do artwork and stuff. They can put you in touch with press and photography. So the promotion side of it is great. And the distribution side, side of it is your, uh, your music can dis- get distributed professionally all over the world. And that's important, and that's a good part of what goes on. The two interesting examples I think I bring up here is I was watching um, uh, Hellhammer and Death uh, and Mayhem and stuff last couple of days. We're watching some of their stuff. And if you think, they really were massively popular when they were around. Um, they had to, it took, it's only now in the last sort of five or ten years where people have kind of understood how important they were, were to that scene and are now getting that work and getting that material and stuff and, and listening to it and their t-shirt sales for them were non-existent until now where they're, they're all over the place. And the same can be said 
for Black Flag. Black Flag weren't popular until pretty much until after. Like the 90s, yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, imagine if I say to you, you're going to have to go through 10 years of, of, of no recognition. But once you've split up or even died or, or whatever, well, that's it what happened people to are going to get into your band. It happened to the Ramones. Yes. They all yeah. died in the mid-90s. And, yeah. But the T-shirt money is like, their their door their sons and daughters don't have to go to work. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's yeah, mad. Or Marky's getting half of it or whatever. Marky's yeah. a fucking millionaire and he doesn't yeah. even tour. Oh, well, I, mean? I I I I've done some shows on, and some festival dates about a couple of years ago, and he was on it. Marky was on those ones. I don't know if he necessarily. I, th- I guess he tours when he wants. You know, he doesn't need to. I don't think to in the, in, the, in the realistic sense of it. And and I think we could all argue that it totally isn't the Ramones anymore. You can't lose, you know, well, that many of the Ramones, and certainly not Joey and, and it to be fucking the Ramones anymore. You can't do that, like you know, uh, some other guy just up there singing now. I want to sniff glue. Nah, that's not going to happen, is it? You know what I mean? Um, uh, who was the fella in the Misfits that took over Danzig? I can't fucking oh, remember. Um, oh God, I've literally I was going to he was going to be on the show and then they cancelled the tour. Oh my Fuck life. Off. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh um, no. I never, I never name drop. And in this case, I'm not fucking dra- name dropping. I'm like, and uh, something Graves, Michael Graves. Yeah, Michael Graves. Graves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Graves so, sang for for yeah. Marky Malone in in a recent band. It was a, it was like early two thousand, and I, I think it was all right, you know. And they did a they did the Ramon he's set. A, he's a really good musician. He's got a really good. Uh, yeah, he's he's he's, a, he's he's probably massively underrated. I mean, I never talk about the the people that may come on the show or the people that could come on the show, but it was um, it was just before I think he said something online or something, and it got a ton of heat. And just before then, I was in contact with him directly, not even his management, and I was like, you know, I really think you've got some interesting things to say, and. Let's let's get this organised. And I was going to go to the, the Liverpool show. He was playing a show in Liverpool, and it was all set up. And then um, it fell through because like he, he he disappeared offline. I think he got some heat. He said something politically. He, he tends to say some quite political stuff, and he said something politically. Uh, and I don't think it was well received. And he and he disappeared. Oh. And and the, the, and now the tour that was meant to happen that's cancelled as well. I should probably just get him to do a Skype again because he's a, a super nice dude, like super nice guy. But yeah, he was. He's still, I'd still maybe come on the show. I don't tend to get um, famous people on this show. Uh, I prefer to talk to crew and people behind the scenes because famous people do other people's podcasts, like you know. And um, but he, <laughs> he, he was su- down like that. Though, <laughs> he was he was super nice and he was really, uh, you know, imagine that filling the, the shoes on the Ramones and the Misfits. They're, that's yeah, fucking. Be, that's a tough gig. That is. That'd be overwhelming, but. I mean, especially since, like, I don't know, it must have only been a couple of years since, I think Joey died in 95, 96. I think it was 95, yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have been less than a decade. Mm. Oh. I don't know, I, I, it's always, that, that tends to always come up when we talk about, about bands that have had members who've died, and certainly as pivotal a member as Joey, um, you know, and even Dee Dee, but yeah, Joey, is that, you know, is it the same band anymore? You know, and it's difficult, isn't it? You kind of look at certain bands, and you're like, you know, there was a, there was a time, there was a time when 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 Bon Scott passed away uh, in 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 London, and 
they uh, they were just on the cusp of like becoming the uh, highway to hell had been amazing and all the rest of it. There was a ton of people that were like, it doesn't matter who you fucking get in to replace Bond, it's never going to be the same AC ACDC. Isn't that extraordinary? And then well, they, they thought it was going to be the John Bonham effect, didn't he? And yeah, then yeah. Brian yeah. came out, and then Brian yeah. comes out apparently endorsed by Bond. So the story goes. And imagine that. Imagine you've got to do an album with, you know, I don't know what percentage it was, was Bond's lyrics. But Bond's lyrics, certainly have a drink on me's Bond written all over it, isn't it? You know You'll I mean? never know. You'll, You'll never, never know. know. And I don't want to, and I don't want to. But you think, <laughs> to yourself, you think to yourself, what a fucking job he had to do. He's got to come in. He's got to get on with the band, first and foremost. You know, get on with them. And they're all still mourning the loss of a friend that they've known for many, many years. Yeah, he's, he's got to sing good because and Bon Scott does never get never gets enough credit for being a fantastic singer. Aside from being a front man, then you've got to be a front man. You've got to be as good as Bon Scott is front man. Then you've got to write as good as he is as well. And he was one of the greatest song and wordsmiths of all time. Yeah, that's a fucking that's a hell of a task. I I can't. And then uh, to come away with that, we're back in black. You know, and arguably ACDC's greatest album. And you think oh, yourself, that's no, fucking... no, sorry, so sorry, what? I've got a bounce well, back. Hence why it's arguable. <laughs> right, what do you think? What what's ACDC's best album? Uh, probably, oh, it's either Let It Be Rock or... Can we I have mean... that because it's live? Can you have that because it's a live record? Let the be rock's oh, a live mean, record, I, mate. I'm talking about the the live record. Yeah, they did obviously did an album called Let the Be Rock. I'm thinking of High Voltage. Sorry. No, no, yeah. no. There was, there was Let the Be Rock and Let the Be Rock was the single off that. Although it gets confusing because they did like three or four Australia. There's loads of album. different pressings, isn't it? I've got a couple of yeah. different pressings of, of TNT and, and High Voltage and stuff. I've got a couple of different pressings. They just fucking did like best ofs and collections and everything didn't they they, ha they hammered yeah. it like a jailbreak 76 and stuff and and that type of thing but so what you think let there be rock you think that's that like the initial i think it was power age the uk pressing is what I they did i love but that like that, that fist fucking kicked in the teeth man as soon as that fucking riff comes in like it's ridiculous isn't it it is but, ridiculous. I remember, yeah, and but it, it comes alive, that record. I've got it here now. It's just to the side of me, and I can see the spine of it. And it's like, <laughs> uh, it's it, it just, it sounds as though it was recorded yesterday in in a room next to you. It's so immediate and so fucking, you know, yeah, it's fabulous. It's 1976, that's the thing. And it's just incredible. Bon, bon Scott, like, you know what I mean? Just fucking hell. You'll never get another one of him. He's just, and now you don't want one either, you know, fucking hell. I think for me, well, listen, I came, I came down the aisle after I was pronounced man, man and wife to Highway to Hell. So by that, by that rationale, I have to pick Highway to Hell as being the best album, don't I? But I, I listen to Back and Black more, but if I, for me, it's maybe Highway to Hell. I, I'm Cause not it's, sure. Because it's perfect. Back and Black, there, there are a bit, I don't know, it's... I'm talking about a band I don't really like anymore. This isn't the thing, so... <laughs> Why did you fall out of love with ACDC? I just got bored of them. I, I was like, you know what? This whole blues set thing. Like, I just couldn't. I just can't. Yeah. I don't think like, people straight from... Every, every single lose, album. They did like, lose a lot of people, like, during the, like, you know, flick of a switch and fly on the wall days, didn't they? They did lose a whole bunch of people, and then they came I back into it. Fly on the wall. Like, I, sing the, the, I think they grew... Yeah, I think... Ordered, like shit. They would, it was just the shit recording for such a big band. 
Mm. Well, this is the thing, like, I'm saying, I'm talking about this, this is how much I've listened to them, like, I'm talking about this, I probably wasn't even alive when that came out. Um, yeah, yeah I don't think you were. <laughs> I'm in 97. It was so. funny, though, it's funny that they come back with, um, you know, the real sort of comeback album was was, was uh, Razor's Edge, and one of the interesting things about that, which I've talked about in a few podcasts, is ACDC are always leveled that they was, it's the same thing all the time. They don't, they don't mess with the formula. I'm telling you now, there's experimental parts of that album. The Razor's Edge, the song, The Razor's Edge. Listen, yeah, to, that ag- listen to that again. That's not straight up blues rock. Not at all. They, not at all. They use a pedal or two, don't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, 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 Angus, Angus bought, bought a pedal, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Christ, where do we go with that tangent? Like, um, for, oh, yeah, about bands and, and, and original members. So who did you move from, from ACDC? Who became the main band when you started moving away from them? Um, I don't know. Like, I went through a few. It was more by genre, by band. I've never really been. Oh, right, okay. So, I so did you off. just move in a he- more heavier stances then, yeah? Kind of, yeah. Like, so I got into, like, ACDC and stuff, and then I got into, like, all the metal you know, your Metallica, your Maiden, your Slayer, your Megadeth, all that. Yeah. And then I slipped into a trench. I went, like, full thrash. Oh, and okay. I like that for, like, two. Because that's what I thought. That's what... Yeah. I think you sound-checked one song uh, at Metal to the Masses, and I thought, here we go. These look like a young group of fucking thrashers. Yeah. And I, I and I thought this is going to be, like, a thrash band. And and in many, in many ways, there was quite a few songs that I thought were very thrash. Because thrash is essentially punk meat and metal right it's oh no i wouldn't say that it's more um it's like punk lyrics but with speed metal behind it that's oh, what i'd say personally. okay so surely the speed of metal was increased by punk it, it depends who you're listening to because well for me the way the way i kind of see it is yeah you had like the bands like fucking you know, Led Zeppelin and that type of thing. And, you know, to a certain degree, Deep, deep Purple. And then Judas Priest comes along and they up the tempos, certainly. And they're wearing leather and taking some of the stuff from punk. You know, certainly Halford took some stuff from punk. Yeah. And, you know, and kind of brought that in. And they kind of sped things up. And then Slayer uh, and that type of bands, they, they kind of go, okay, we could do that. And they added all the kind of horror imagery and heaviness and talking about taboo subjects and stuff and things like that and blood basically and they kind of brought that there and within that and then yeah. and, and then megadeth you know um with like peace cells and stuff they 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 kind of sped it up even further and that's where for me that's that's where thrash came from you know but there's definitely um punk blood in its dna definitely Sure. I, I mean, it, it depends what you think. Like punk is it? It's it's a really abstract. It's not clear cut kind well, of conversation. For, for, for me, for me, my my punk. I was always kind of um, the US. So, like I said, Black Flag. Uh, you know, Bad Brains. Uh, you know, f- yeah, for Gazi to a certain extent as well. Um, no, throwing names out there. <laughs> they, these are the bands I, 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 I think now still hold up, and these are great, great, great acts. And then, yeah. you know, to a certain degree, the stuff that was in the UK as well, like you, you know, um, you know, the Damned and stuff, and, and Captain Sensible, and 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 that type of thing. I kind of that's where it kind of pulled it all together from. For me, 
they a lot of like metal bands took best the best elements of all of these things and kind of ensued them together and threw them out. But I think you're probably right. It is in the eye of the beholder. You know, I, it, I it is know. like you know, punk is whatever you you fucking want it to be. Um, you know, it's certainly not about rules and 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 kind of straight up definition. You know, I, I was gonna like. I was going to hit back with, like, so you played devil's advocate with me before. I may as well. <laughs> Let's do it. But um, it's like, so you've got bands like Priest that come out and it seems clear cut until that point. But it's like punk on the large scale, on the commercial scale, that weren't selling records by the no, early no. 1980s. I would, I would argue that it was more of a live experience punk but, at that stage. The problem that I have is that you still have bands that are hardcore punk coming out, like Discharge and English Dogs, and mm. they go into metal. This is yeah. the thing. This is what complicates it. It's not as clean cut. You have yeah, bands. Yeah, I think. Like, I think. I think. If, 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 like I say, yeah, to, to kind of, if we could approach it like the, the the best way, I think the best way to see it is that yes, I think you're right. I think that um, the, it's it's not as clear cut as it should be the one thing that is clear cut though is i think that they all came from the same energy and by that i mean the energy of no one is listening to what i'm saying i don't agree with things that are going on in my environment and yeah. i want to let out this aggression in a positive way and, and, and an intelligent way certainly like ian mckay for gazi is a classic example of someone who's like you know wants to let out this kind of uh, resentment and anger and, and unhappiness with the with what's yeah. uh, what's in his local environment. I think they all sh- sh- showed that energy. Certainly the hardcore stuff. I think you're you're 100 right with that. With like things like discharge and stuff like that, is that you know um, y- you can see totally where they were going um, from an energy point of view. And what happens then is that why is that, that that's why you get the punks and the hardcore and the metal guys all kind of mixing together because yes, the music's coming from whatever different places and different sorts of things, yeah. but they're all kind of the same vibe. Do you know but what I mean? There was like further cementation, I think between like thrash wasn't the first, uh, genre to blend both punk and metal. Like you had it happening in, in the new wave of British heavy metal. Mm. You had bands, uh, I mean, Venom's the big one, but it was more the production value of Venom. Mm. But there were, there were bands out there, like, I'm trying to think now. Um, Warfare, like, really oh, fucking, shit, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, out there bands that you you don't even think, kind mm. of, they, they come out the cracks, like, and, and if they were, like, ten years later, you cr- you classify them as, like, uh, mm. crossover thrasher or something. Yeah, or like yeah. suicidal tendencies type stuff, but they, yeah. they were kind of like before that. And there's Motorhead as well, but Motorhead went in a certain direction. Um, I think, yeah, Motorhead, Motorhead are one of the many crossroads that exist in this sort of when we talk about the label and the bands and the kind of the roots band took. I think um, you know, like Rollins talks about that. You know what? Um, we're allowed to listen to Motorhead as punks. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. And Motorhead sound a bit like this band and. They like okay, yeah. so they kind of were a crossroads for a lot of a lot of bands. It was safe to like them if you're a punk or if you're a rocker. Yeah, there's there's a few sort of bands out there that that, that did that. Um, I think it's um, it's mad when you look at the, the the family tree of like bands and stuff like where they kind of lead on from stuff. I think it's fascinating. And those those people now coming in to listen on this podcast now 
and they're like, shit, I thought we were just going to talk about fucking, you know, nonsense for a bit. Like, here's me and Luke debating. My <laughs> fucking man, <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, do, do, uh, this like, highbrow yeah, debate of the classification of thrash metal, like, you know. Um, so, who says we don't talk about intelligence and, and, and open thinking on the show? Fuck you, we do. Um, so, I think, I think, like, I think it, it's I, important that these things get talked about because then it, it's like, you know, it's like, People who listen to Green Day and don't know who Stiff Little Fingers are, it's like yeah, you fucking cheeky bastard. Took the words out of my mouth there, like. Do you know what I mean? I, that yeah. that pisses me off. It pisses me off sometimes that people will listen to one band and and the, the, the band that paved the way. They have no idea who, who you're talking about. You know, they yeah. don't know who Blue Cheer is, for example. And it's like you fucking cheeky bastards. I mean, um, I, I think Blue Cheer aren't a great. They're not that good, like... No, 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 like... But I think the things that they did were incredible. It's like MC5, the things that they... You know, I don't like the whole catalogue, because it's certainly only sections of it I do like, but certainly the the energy of what they were doing, fucking hell. Yeah, they had a hell of an effect, yeah. Yeah, exactly, effect, and that's the thing, you know, Bad Brains is a good example of that. When I first heard Bad Brains... I lost my mind. I was like, what the fuck is this? You know, someone like Dr. No on guitar was doing stuff. I was like, what the, f- it's jazz and it's punk and it's metal. What the fuck? And it, <laughs> and, it, and you need those moments where someone makes you go, what the fuck, to create your own music, I think. It shows you that the box doesn't exist, you know? I do like a black band. Like, one of my favourite bands is Living Colour. Mm. And no, I don't just listen to fucking Vivid. Like, they've done <laughs> a lot of good shit. Yeah. Like, um, well, that was the other thing that was that, that was so fantastic about metal for for me as well is that metal sees no colour, doesn't give a fuck. And, you know, it, you know, it's one of one of the 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 the, the, the genres that kind of like fucking really fucking doesn't put up with racism in any form. You know, it's like I guess um, so, but it, it's kind of like from um, I won't say like an outsider perspective because like I am a metal fan, mm. but like if you take yourself out the box for a minute, like. It is a, if you know, from a non-white perspective, it's a white boy genre, whether you, you like it or not. You think it's still, you think it still is the domain of, uh, you know, the, the white male. Is it, is it still that kind of? Do we think I, we still think, have that? I mean, you might be, you might be right. There's certainly, a, you know, there's, the there's an argument to be made. I like that, but it, yeah. at the same time, like from my perspective on it, it's more. I mean, even the definition of metal has changed since then. We have mm. big bands that are suddenly classified as metal, but they're not exactly... Metallica's now classed as now classed as classic rock. Yeah, but classic rock's a shit term. Isn't but, it fucking just... Motley Crue Classic rock now. I've seen, bands, <laughs> I've seen bands locally refer yeah. to themselves as new wave of classic rock. See, here's the thing. Here's the, a, here's, a thing here's the thing I'm really pissed off with about, like, yeah, is bands deciding what they are first before they even start writing. We are a experimental thrash band. We oh. are a laptop death <laughs> metal band. We are Ooh. a... <laughs> black metal grindcore band. We are, you know, we are a fucking whatever, whatever band. It's like, just play, yeah, and let other people. Was it? I think it might have been Andy Warhol that said, you know, just make art, just go ahead and make it, just keep making it. Let other people classify what it is and if they like it or not. Don't worry about that. Just keep making it. And I'm, I subscribe to that quite a bit. Where it's like, 
don't worry about what type of band you're going to be. Just start writing. And if you want to say to you guys when you're around in a room going, okay, I've got this riff. It's kind of like a doom riff. Let's see what happens. But just fucking crack on. And whatever it turned out to be is whatever it turned out to be. It's yeah. almost like putting yourself within several boxes before you even start playing. Do you start playing and who? Why would you it, want to do that? I mean, it's madness. It, it can be useful. I mean, this is the thing. Like, I, I was umming and ahhing, uh gulping a little bit a minute ago when you were like, what? <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't decide what genre you want to fit into. Because, like, the whole kind of thing was sick was like, right, okay. <laughs> That's exactly what you did. <laughs> yeah. But... It wasn't like we've never we've never ever um, been writing a song and I've gone. Mm. This is too. This is like. Uh, uh, yeah, I think I think what you did. This isn't it? speed rock. This isn't sick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, although, although if you think about it as well, you know, God once said, um, "We are Motorhead and we play rock and roll." <laughs> you know, so maybe I'm totally wrong, but I think what he what Lemmy was saying there was. Get rid of your, your genres, if you know what I mean. He's like, we play rock and roll, and rock and roll's everything. It's like he might as well said, we play music, or he said rock and roll because that was it. Like, stop the debate. It's like, is ACDC metal? Is ACDC rock? It's like, stop it. Don't worry about it. You know, like Lenny also said, can't some things be enjoyed on a superficial level that they're just there to be enjoyed? Don't have to think about it. Well, hold on. Is this crossover metal is this fucking some things just can be enjoyed now hear what you say you said when you started sick you were like let's do this it's okay as a starting point as opposed to go look well we're trying to trying to do this that's fine if you put like a flag and we're going to try and march to that but if it becomes something else fuck just go with it you know well that that yeah i i agree with that that sentiment because it's kind of it's like if it becomes something else then and if that something else is like unique still I wouldn't. I wouldn't be against it whatsoever. Like I really, yeah. really would not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's there is sometimes an onus to be kind of we're going to be this band, and then that accentuates out to and goes that broadens out to that's why they should dress, and that's how their logo should look, and that's no, how no. you know because there's all these confines, and I think that feels incredibly, incredibly sort of uh, pigeonholing them almost themselves. You know, but, I, I, I think yeah. it's a mistake that if, if logos and, and bands and stuff like too many people walk into a project and go, mm. yeah, so we want to be like the next Metallica, yeah. but it's like there's no newness involved. They just mm. kind of recycle stuff or maybe mix something. Mm. There's not much deviation. Like mm. there's it, but it's weird because we're in an age where like nothing really shocks you anymore. Mm. Well, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of the last sort of. I mean, I'm here. I am. I am hearing some music uh, at the moment. Uh, that I'm like, that's really good. Um, you know, that I really like it. I don't know if I necessarily go. That's that's massively different. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm sure people were saying that before grunge came along. You know, uh, I, I'm sure that we're, it's it's coming from somewhere. Is that me? Have we maybe hit onto something there? Is that one of the reasons that's not these kind of new sort of styles and new sort of you know bands coming out with with really interesting sounds is because they've already come from a place where they pigeonhole themselves to be one sound, of already kind of completely closing their fence world in. Do you know what I mean? If you're yeah. 
if you're starting off going, we are a, a Norwegian black metal band from the same type of stuff as Hellhammer or whatever, yeah. we're doing that. Um, we're doing nothing. You know, this is exactly what we do. So that means our logo is going to look like this. Our stage presence is going to be this. This is exactly what it's going to be. Um, and, and that's why we're maybe not getting anything new from that. Is that maybe why? It's kind of it's kind of funny because like if you say that if you say you're a Norwegian black metal band from this yeah. whatever and you have this logo you tend to yeah. do all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but is you that is it, is, it, is, it, is it a safety thing then where you just like you know look if we say we're this and do that with a fair amount of sort of quality we know we're always going to be and have our pennies taken care of ourselves if you will. I mean, I, I'll have to say something after this, but like to answer your <laughs> question directly. Okay. I know for a fact, like, if we did a certain few things, so, like, my band hmm. say, yeah, if we did this, that, and the other, we could definitely do better, but I'd rather not. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's an honest it's answer. Like, if we decided this whole speed rock thing is a waste of time, go into speed metal, and we go full into that scene, there's already a backbone. Everyone already knows what the fuck you are. You can get on a certain circuit. And do pretty well for yourself. Yeah. Where, like, I don't, I, I don't know, because it's like obviously the concept itself is pretty much like, like the concept of speed rock is literally like it's speed metal, but it's not heavy. That's, yeah. That's what we were going for. It's not too dissimilar to obvious, obviously what's already come out. Mm. So it's a bit of a care. So it's not that much different to say like the likes of Motorhead, and obviously. You've listened to our music, so you know yeah. that fit. And... Yeah, yeah, but, I, 100%, yeah. But a metal promoter can come up to me and go, are you guys a metal band? And I'm like, not really, no. And they'll mm. go away and be like, well, I need a metal band. Sorry about that. Mm. We, this comes up a lot on the on the podcast, is that people, uh, like some promoters, book, because uh, they want, and I understand why, because they want to play it safe, because they want to, please the crowd that they're going to get I, I, it's completely understandable like i get yeah. each each thing but the mm. problem is like for someone who is in between genres it's very hard mm. to get like for some reason our best gigs have probably been punk gigs mm. but they're not really like hardcore punk gigs we mm. could not get out, we could not support someone like dead kennedy's or or uh, black flag or a similar band because the crowd is too judgmental or it really? feels too judgmental which is mm. ironic as fuck because most of these people yeah. are meant like free thinkers mm. free birds all that fucking shit yeah. where it's like if you stick a band on that's not completely catering to their idea of whatever the music is it's a problem wow. we tend to do better with like general rock fans which is okay. and i don't mean like dad rockers yeah but like people that are that just about like know what you know what rock is as a genre never mind yeah. subgenre and stuff like for some reason we get away with casual fans better I, I don't know what it is but that certainly but, doesn't that that's not shaping what you're writing though surely you're not going okay no, we're not getting enough gigs with the no, metal I, guys we'll like write some metal i'm talking about reactive reactions not we've okay. wrote something to get this i'm t talking about our current material this is it's, yeah this is the reaction that is that is generating yeah yeah yeah, yeah. But it's interesting that you you, you know you say the, like there's a judgmentality to, to some of the some of the punk things when you say quite rightly as well that you know that would seem to go against the punk mentality. But there's a lot of people that you know that say you know oh we're punk this and we're punk that and punk is like 
you know, I can't, I, I wish I could speak with more gravity on punk personally, but it, it's almost like it's the same as kind of the extreme and same as the hardcore tag that gets put on stuff. You know, hardcore, yeah. you're not extreme enough. It's like, what the fuck does that mean? And it's like, it gets so objectified and so looked into and pulled apart that it almost loses all meaning after a while to some people uh, and, and then becomes this like, oh, you, you're not a real punk band. What the fuck is? Yeah. No, you know, what the I, fuck I, is? If you listen, if you listen to, um, you know, never mind the bollocks, yeah. And obviously, heralded as like, you know, a, a touchstone punk rock record. Yeah, it it's punk. It is punk. But I, I don't know if it's as punk as people think may think about it. You know, listen to other stuff by 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 the by the Pistols as well. There's a very heavier rock thing to them going on. Yeah, there's very stuff on, yeah, on that one yeah, album. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, that, that's one for the, the spoken punk show. <laughs> it's not broken yeah. you up for this one. Yeah. Right, I, I was going to say, like, the same is exactly with, with metal fans. Like, we, we can play to a metal audience. Mm. And the really the really big problem with us is, like, so, like, a lot of... I mean, it, this applies to yourself. Like, a lot of the people that tend to... I tend to have contact with are yeah. like the metal people. So right. a lot of the, the vast majority of the bands that we end up on a bill with are metal bands. Right. You know, the vast majority of news sources that we get covered by are, are metal, mm. metal, whatever, or, you know, metal devastation, ever metal, all, all that crap. Yeah. But it's like, so we're not a metal band and we can rock up to say a metal gig, mm. but, if we play before or after a, a metal band, we seem yeah. pretty fucking um, middle of the road, not as right. not as heavy, so therefore not as good. And I, it, I, I don't really want to speak damning. for I don't want to speak for for the entire metal community, but I'm going to. I think right. when I go to a show, and it's more than four bands, or let's let's sake of argument, it's three or more bands. Yeah, I don't want to see the same genre. And I don't mean I want to see a fucking pop band and a, then a jazz band and a, and yeah. a fucking ch- no, I challenge. I, I want there to be, you know, I want there to be kind of variation. Think about when, you know, when uh, when Metallica went out with Guns N' Roses, when they were both massive, they, um, they took Faith No More out with them. And yeah. Faith No More, you know, they've got heavy moments, they, they have, but I don't think that they'd say they were a metal band by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think Guns N' Roses are by that much. But I always think it's cool when when some bands go out with other bands that aren't exactly in their stream. And I like that when I go to a gig as well. Um, yeah. I think that rather you stood out for the right reasons at the Metal to the Masses show that I saw, for example, because it was it was different. I didn't see it as being lighter, whatever, middle. I didn't see it that way. I saw it as being, I was won over, and I think a lot of the crowd were won over, by your energy, that you were just like, this is fucking great. We're, we're going to play this even if you don't like it, so get on to it. I think yeah. that came across more than anything else. And I think people, and you, I think you were sandwiched between quite heavy acts, if I remember rightly. And then I saw yeah, you, when I saw you again, and I think you were support bite back. And um and I thought the same then. I thought it was just a welcome, you know. If you have if you have a four course meal and it's steak every course, 
by the third one, you're like, well, what the fuck over here? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but the, yeah. the reason a meal is spread out over those things is to be palatable and to be interesting. I'd like, like, I, I tell you a good example of this. Uh, Matt, Bannell, Matt Barnell's shows the Re- Revenge of the Riff. Um, I'm loving what he's doing because he's putting on a real collection of acts. Like, yeah, they're all under the rock and heavier side of music's yeah. sort of umbrella. But there's, but the, but the, they're totally different acts, and, and it works really well. You know, I, I've like. I've pretty much ran out of fingers to count on, but I've I've really wanted to do something with him, and he's just never been like, yeah, okay. Uh, next month, I need someone. Yeah, it's just like, uh, I wish I could get on one of those shows. He'll I, get I you wish on. I could get on Matt's one of those a good shows. guy, and he loves music more than anything in the world. He'll get you on. Not sure you'd fit in perfectly on one of those shows. Uh, but he's um, he's a punk guy by definition. Is is this right. sort of, so, and maybe a motorhead guy as well. Um, I think, yeah, keep just keep going. You, you were made to be on that Revenge of the Rift show, I'll tell you that for now. Right, okay. But he's been having an enormous amount of success with that, in so much that people have been going, I'm going to this show because I'm going to see some real edges of the map as well as some stuff that's more standardised. I'm going to see everything. And that's what yeah. I like, rather than, you know, I almost roll my eyes sometimes when I see a show and there's five death metal bands on there. And I'm like, fucking hell, that's five stakes, that. And I'm sure all the steaks are going to be nice, but by the fourth one, I'm going to be like, I'm fucking sick of steak. You yeah, know? there's and no it, appetizer in salads and there's, there's no, and, okay. and it also becomes that there's no real definition as well. Uh, and it becomes like white noise to, to some people, I think. You know, I can tell a brutal death metal band from a slam death metal band, but to some other people that are trying to get, find their way into that genre, that can be almost impossible to pick apart. And then he just becomes like, oh, I don't know what I'm fucking listening to now. And it's difficult, you know. It's, it's nicheness almost destroys it, almost destroys its accessibility, you know. Um, listen, listen to me, fucking, it's nicheness almost dis- destroys its accessibility. Who fucking wants that in a spoken metal show? I mean, yeah. sometimes if you put on a load of one particular type of music, does that mean it just becomes this wall to kind of break through? I would answer that question unfortunately with a question and that question is, <laughs> so how do you define niche is it by popularity yeah. or by the experimental nature of the hmm. user hmm. i think i would define niche uh, to give it what i think promoters do is by the genre which closest applies to it so that defines its niche um so you can't just be a metal band, I think. That's that's niche to a certain degree, but not really, because it's, it's too wide a tangent. You have to do you know what? If you if you have two words to describe it, it's probably gonna start being niche. Right. Okay. I, I, I think that's how it starts because you're starting to go, okay, one word can't describe this. Because it used to be when you listen to music, you were like, is that good or is it bad? And that was <laughs> the only that was the only thing that decided it. Oh, it's good. I like it. Then it was like it's too fast. And then some people like go, I like it fast. So you go, okay, I like fast music. And then it was like, okay, well, it's too, it's too light. I like it heavy music. Okay. I like heavy music then. And then because that wasn't enough, they were like, okay, yeah, but it's heavy, but so's fucking Stravinsky. So I'll do that. I'll go, well, it's metal because it alludes to like you know, factories <laughs> and stuff. And yeah. they're like, okay, well, it's heavy metal now. And I think the minute you add words to decide, you know, what a, what a, what a, a genre is that's when it starts to become its niche i think that's maybe how i decided no it's 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 weird because it's like it, it, it 
it's one of those it's like is a sub subgenre by default as a subgenre niche therefore yes by default i think it is yeah i think so, it's, it becomes a, a, a the more you subgenre something the yeah. more it it, it get, yeah the so more if you it want becomes... if you really wanted to like start a complete revolution mm. you know like to completely go here's a new fucking genre here we mm. go you'd have yeah. to completely so you'd have to listen to everything that's out there and then be like, right, I have to I have to write something drastically different to everything else so it can be defined as its own thing. Yes. See this is this this is the it's thing. It's been like, done. I would I would argue sadly not in, in our stream of music, but dubstep was very much its own thing. You could see its origins and I no, there's no, no way I'm but, gonna say they're going to be some kind of aficionado or dubstep, but surely for me, as much as I understand it, I yeah. understand where it comes from, but it's very much its own thing. Is it not? Would you disagree with that? Is it well, not? I, I'd say it comes under electronic music to, yeah. to some Fuck, extent. Anything played electronically could come under electronic music. No, but, but when I was talking about genres, and I yeah. mean like the bro- in the broadest sense, it, mm. like, you know, when you Google genre on Wikipedia, like, if you wanted to create a genre, you'd have to bear in mind everything that's in music and then somehow write differently. Yeah. When you say, like, dubstep, I'm like, I'm not being funny. There's big beat artists in the 90s, like the Crystal Method, etc., that were doing yeah. that, but under different terms. Mm. It more of a technological issue. I'm pretty sure if they wanted to do a dubstep record, they could just remix what they had in the 90s. They could get the Vegas album and fucking remix that. L- Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Spoken uh, Metal Show, where we're debating dubstep. <laughs> and, <laughs> well, you know what I mean? Like, I, know, I, think you're, I think you're 100% right. It, it, my ignorance of, of dubstep is right. I, I was more... I think you're right. I think it's like there's no completely original form of music. On, I don't know, even, even if we brought it... We'd have to bring in almost new instruments into, yeah, into to, to, to do that, wouldn't we? You know, if I you think want- you're right. I think everything's going to be a subgenre, and I think if you want to see it this way, see it. If I could give you a visual analogy here of some kind or a visual representation of it, if you imagine a load of bars like um, columns, and each one of those columns is under rock, and yeah. every so often those columns go up and down with trends. So every so often, classic rock is essentially rock. Every so often metal becomes rock if you know what i mean and they all kind of go up and down with trends but they're still kind of in the rock thing and it's still massive and then you have classical music um but i think it's the same as like kind of fucking painters who have the different elements of painting and stuff you know i think i think you're right i think to create something truly truly original we'd have to reassess how we did it as music you you know fundamentally it's mad because like when you consider it like it it kind of elevates anyone that came out and did something completely new at mm. the time like mm. they are fucking amazing whoever they are you know, i like, think those people yeah, that, that broke those boundaries down um i don't think i think all of them without exception didn't give a fuck about what people were calling it or what even they were going to call it no but it's like like the prime example is like I right I fucking hate Elvis I really do. I <laughs> Elvis was a hero to most, but he never meant shit to me. Yeah. Yeah, but when he when he went into like I think it was like a recording studio, 
um, and, yeah. and did it, or it was like on a radio show or something, and and pretty much like single-handedly invented rock and roll, and then there was Whoa. like a name for it and stuff. Yeah, I know that's yeah. contentious, but like it is. Yeah, the popular view is that he did do that. Yes. Um, it, yeah, I mean, this, it, it did Elvis create, create rock and roll? No, he didn't. But he created right. rock and roll. If you know what I mean? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he, he did, and he didn't. Is the is the only only safe answer you've got there? Because it, a, but I hear what you're saying. Is this a kind of case where it's like Eddie Van Halen invented tapping, but he didn't? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Okay, right. I think the word I think the word we we should use here is probably popularize. So Eddie Van Halen, okay. for example, yes, didn't create tapping. It was been done for you know, many years before that. But he popularized that. So he's often seen as the person that was the first guy to do that. Elvis popularized it. He made it palatable, rock and roll palatable. So he took, you know, all the rhythms and all the, the, the sort of the previous songs and repackaged yeah. them for a, a teenage girl audience, you know, and, and that way created that as a genre. But put, to put all I, those bits and pieces in the right toolbox and call it rock and roll. Yeah. But this is the thing, like, that was pretty okay. much from what developed from that. Mm. Did he not create a new genre, even though, like, the active mm. packaging, etc., as you're saying, mm. do you not think created something new? Do you not think mm. that is worth credit? Uh, I, I, I've always seen Elvis as a, um, a, from a promotion and performance standpoint, um, I there's some stuff I I like by Elvis. I, I don't you know I, I certainly you know you know as a performer I don't think anybody can say he was he was shit. You know I don't think anybody can say he was a performer. I always see him as a you know as being promotionally well done. He, you know he, it was really well timed. He knew what he was doing. I mean this guy was playing like two, three, four shows a day sometimes in fucking little halls and places like that as a three piece and. You know, yeah. and all the rest of it, and busting his fucking ass, you know, to do it. You know, you can't deny that he didn't work to get where he was. But I think the reason that the the black musicians that maybe were doing stuff before him that he kind of would some argue appropriated is that they didn't get the recognition. I think they're getting it now to a certain degree. Some of those yeah, musicians, I, I but, yeah, um, I, but I, I, I don't I would think that. I I would say Elvis for me was is promotion and performance personified. I think when you think of Elvis, you don't think, well, I don't think of his music first. Yeah. Whereas Chuck Berry, I think of his music first. Uh, uh, right. And Little Richard um, and Stevie Wonder and people like that, I think of their music first rather than their performance and the see, promotion see, and I, stuff and that type of thing and the television see, shows and Berry, stuff like that. I do, I do think of performance with Chuck Berry. No, listen, yeah, listen, there's no, there's no way that anybody, when I said Chuck Berry, that's why it's a spoken metal like you. We're going to do this. But yeah, there's not a person out there that doesn't listen. To, when I said Chuck Berry, didn't immediately think of him with his duck walk, with the Jack Gibson. And, yeah. You know what I mean? No one did. Of course you think that, but the first thing you think of is Johnny Be Good, the song, and you think and you think of that riff, and you think of the double stops, and you think of that. It's the same as someone like Fats Domino. You, you think of that running piano thing. You think about that. With Elvis, you know, you don't immediately think of, um, you know, Blue Suede Shoes or Hound Dog. You do it after, uh, uh, when, you, when you start getting into it. But the first thing yeah, you think yeah. of is the Vegas Elvis. That's what you think of, yeah. isn't it? 
You think of Vegas, Elvis, and you think of him on the fucking toilet. That's what you think of. But <laughs> that's that's what you th- everybody does. But well, he didn't get that much stuff, does he? He did, you know what I mean? The, and didn't he die? It's like he was only 40, wasn't he? He died uh, younger than I, you think, you know? I, I'm 40, not a historian. Sure. I mean, I've got a history. <laughs> 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 where were we going with this? Were we saying, oh, yeah, you, so you, you, you were saying essentially... Elvis kicked off rock and roll. And, yeah, um, we, and, and, we and, uh, yeah. Where, where was mm. the origin? Because I can't even fucking remember now. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. Plenty of rabbit holes. Do you know what I oh, think? One, no. one of the things I love re- when I read about it, I thought it was brilliant. Um, are you, are you you're familiar with Rock Around the Clock? The song Rock Around the Clock. Yeah, I don't know um, who it's by. It's by Bill Haley and the Comets. And it, when they first played that, you could only hear it. It was on a, I think it was, a, it might have been Blackboard Jungle or something like that. It was on a, a particular um, movie. And the only way you could hear that song was when you went to see the movie. I think it's at the beginning or at some point or at the end. It's at one particular point. And people were going just to the, see the cinema, just to hear that song. And then when they were playing it live, there were riots. There were riots. About when people are playing rock around the clock, I just find like I, I find that insane that it was so considered so radical and so kind of you know subversive. That's what the parents used to say, subversive. That people were rioting about it. Bill Haley in the comments playing live, and the people were rioting because it was seen. It was so subversive because the parents were saying, "This is coming to take our children away. Rock and roll's the devil's music," you know. I think that's extraordinary. That is like extraordinary to me. You know, the DC. You don't get so much of that now. I think the last time I remember seeing anything like that was kind of like Slipknot and Marilyn Manson. You know. Yeah, I think I think the Manson thing. I don't know. There's certain like. I mean, these days it's a bit. You know what can you say that really pisses people off? Like, oh, yeah. you know, there's a writer song about that. But I don't know. Like, I suppose it's it's circular, isn't it? I mean, people watching Alice Cooper in in the seventies, and were like, you know, this guy's fucking outrageous. He's he's guillotining himself on on stage and stuff. It can never be as bad as this, you know. Fast forward like twenty, thirty years later, and there's Marilyn Manson robbing some, you know, a large portion of Alice Cooper's stick, and doing that, you know. Except he throws in Nazi salutes and stuff, you know, and and sticking a candle up his ass, you know. I mean, I when, you say, when you say that, like, I can't really look at Manson in the same way now. <laughs> like, I mean, if it's, you do that, you're not really, I mean, talented is a very loose word, but... Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> the other know. thing is, like, people people may, you know, for love or hate Marilyn Manson, he's not going to be remembered for his songs as much as for the things he did that were shocking. Yeah. But it's up to him. I mean, he yeah. should have thought about that before he did them, I guess. But I think he's. I, I think he's a very intelligent man. Brian Warner is his real name, isn't it? And he was a. He was a. He was a rock journalist. He, he wrote for Rolling Stone at one point. I think he very carefully thought about that. Um, I, I think he very carefully thought about what he wanted to do because I think he had um, a, not a message, but he had a, an idea that he wanted to make people think. Uh, a mm-hmm. bit more, and, and and at least he was like, well, if no one else is going to push the edges of what rock rock's meant to be, in my eyes as well, it's meant to be disruptive and subversive, and to make you think and to go against, you know, to make you question what's going on. And rock was always meant to do that, 
You know, it's always meant to be challenge, you know, I am, at, I, I at have, various I, levels. I have just listened to what you've just said, and I'm kind of like, why don't we do a full 360? Okay. And it's like, well, Manson isn't doing that now. Should he have hung up the cape? Oh, shit. This like is after, the like, mechanical animals, when it all seems to go, starts to go a bit... You can, draw the, you can draw the line. It really should have been him that drew the line. Mm. But it's not like there's people in uproar. There's not people writing articles about him anymore, really. No, no, he's certainly, you know, he's, he's certainly shifted what he does, hasn't he? You know, it's he's almost like this kind of, I don't want to say crooner type of role, but he's almost kind of, I don't know, he doesn't seem as deadly anymore. Maybe he's deadly in other ways. I don't know, is it? But yeah, well, I don't know. He could, yeah. have, he could have had the option to have gone under another name mm. if he wanted to do the material he's currently done. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is Maybe, this yeah. Comes, mm. comes in, so would 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 have Kirk Cobain been doing the same stuff? Would have he? Would have he moved on? You know, would he? Well, I don't know. You know, there, there's a classic example of someone who is very much trying to disrupt what was going on and wake people up from the the, the mundane music they were listening to, to to get something that was more challenging and more real. You know, I don't know. Perfect at, at the risk of being a, like. I'm not joking when I say this, but at the risk of bad taste, like I don't think he wanted to carry on regardless. Let's be honest. Yeah. Um. I think I think yeah, very much. It's yeah. it's very well documented that he was he was not prepared for fame, and and all the horrible shit that comes with it. He was a truly was an artist, and and sometimes, you know, popularity can be can be the the death of artistic endeavors. You know, we see it time and time again where artists get pummeled into the ground, endlessly touring, endlessly having to record. And that's that's never going to be good for the creative process. Never going to be good. And, and Paul Kurt's an example of that, just totally unprepared. Totally unprepared. Yeah. And now, even nowadays, it's even worse that you can be famous off an image. You can become a meme. One yeah. video that's 30 seconds long, you can become famous, you know, and I wonder how many of these musicians that are being created now are destined for the you know the the the, the rubbish heap after after popularity is done with them. You know, I don't know because it's like it's a different kind of popularity though. It's like if you were popular, mm. if you were popular in 1995, yeah, like most of the bands that were popular in 1995 that didn't keep going can come back and do a comeback tour. Whereas yeah. if you're popular now, like. You're not gonna get a fucking comeback tour in 2030. Get fucked. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> no, no, seriously. Like it's why, completely. Why not? No. Why, why not? Like, why not? I just don't. I just don't think. It's. I mean, I. I'm gonna be one of those cunts that says this now, and obviously okay. someone's gonna ring me up in like 10 years and be like, ha ha, my band came back, but it's like, I just don't think the climate's that type of climate you think, anymore. Are you, do you think that there's maybe, if it, if it says, if it's a circle and it starts with massively breaks through, becomes super popular, plays arenas, blah, 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 to going all the way around of being unpopular and no one wants to know them, to coming back and reselling out arenas, do you, are you saying that that circle is not only massive now so where it, it, it sometimes you know, can take a long long time for that to happen you're saying now that it's just a, a decline now that basically that's it that if you, um, if you i'm trying to think of an artist now sorry, that's blew I, up. I think i think you've just misunderstood me sorry so okay. i've been like so there were artists say 30 40 years ago that obviously okay. made a career mm. and they've had 
like for a lot of people in rock, it was the 90s that was that rotten decade. And then they yeah. came back in the 2000s and mm-hmm. got back into business a little bit. Yeah. Limp Bizkit that- were a good example of that when, when they were massive and then they felt you know, a foul to people saying that they represented new metal and they were the cause of the problems at, at Woodstock and riots and all that. And they fell right out of favour and they were seen as like jock rock, if you will, and all that nonsense. And then obviously people reassessed them and approached them differently and kind of, you know, were able to kind of see them for what they were and they kind of resurged and became, you know, massive again. Well, not massive, yeah. but certainly bigger again. No, I, I, I get you, but that was more of a, just a general point. Okay. But, um, like, that cycle has been, like, defined, but I think that won't repeat. So the artists have now, so, like, mm. if I'm in a band and, and it's 2020 and I get mm. successful now, I don't know whether I will really actually have a comeback in 2030, 2040. What do you think? What do you think are the factors of that? Is are you coming from it from a point of view you would earn so much money you wouldn't need to, or that these people were wouldn't be physically able to or mentally able to, or no, there wouldn't I'm, be demand I'm or the aspect of fame, like mm. the public mind is so fickle, and right. only a couple of days. Yeah, I think you know it's when when it when it said that the you know everybody has their fifteen minutes of fame. I think it's probably fifteen seconds now. Yeah, but this is the thing. Like, so a band that was famous in say nineteen ninety five will probably have fifty years of fame. You know, Mm. and when they die, everyone would be like, "Oh man, we miss him." Or if it's a birthday, it's like someone on Facebook will fucking post about it. Yeah, but if you're famous now. Um, like it's your ah, if I if I had to kind of surmise maybe your point, are you saying that the the fame of today hasn't got the credibility it had a, a decade ago, maybe further? I wouldn't I wouldn't say credibility, but it hasn't got the staying power. Yeah, the the weight of it. Yeah, yeah. It's because, I, and I tell you why. I'll tell you why that may be because of the journey that it took to achieve it. So before the internet or the early days of the internet, to become famous, you have to be, you do, the primary primary factor was working hard and being very good. You know, yeah. that was it. Now, you could go catch me outside and you, you've got a record deal and, you, and someone will release a rap album for you. And, you know, there, there was almost no work to get to the final product or the, at least the recorded product. And because of that, it doesn't have any weight. Will we it's listen, really we, bad because... Sorry, go on. I was going to say, so we talked about black, Back in Black. The lead to Back, up and black, back in Black, the, the kind of things that that band had to go through, and it's, uh, you know, from forming as a band to actually getting to 1980s Back in Black is massive, which meant that that album carries all that weight with it, and it carries yeah. all that integrity with it, and that's why it means something. You know, you can't get to that stage without putting the hours in and having the tragedy and the heartbreak and all the other problems that they had to get to that. You can't falsify that. It exists because of those things. Now we are trying to approximate some of those things to get that result, and that just doesn't... People see through it. But it's... It, I think people don't even... It's not just like people see through it. It's like... Um, there's things like you can have the Cash Me Outside girl or whatever... Mm. she's earning for example like i don't know there could be a local band that's worked harder in one day than she has in her entire yeah. life yeah but she's more fabulously wealthy than they ever will be in all mm. of their combined lifetime 
Yeah. Do you know what I mean? No, I know exactly it, what you mean, yeah. It's not it's not a great situation and the state of the music scene, it's it's really weird because like we are dominated by let's be honest, the 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 in music now, it's like it's hip hop that's non offensive and yeah. like pop music pretty much. Yeah. But it's it's really weird in the it's it's kind of a product of like how the scene can construct itself. It's very mm. easy to produce that music. Mm. Very very easy. Yeah. Um, well, I, I I do I do sometimes think as well like that there's been a reset or not a resurgence, but it's certainly a sense of of the single artist, like the one person who could tour on their own. If you know what I mean, it's like just one person. And I do wonder how much of that has been created. Do you know what I mean? Because it's so easy to, rather than looking after like six guys in a band or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Exactly, yeah. I but think it, that's, that's maybe not a good thing. But then, I mean, listen, fucking hell, I'm sure Elton John had a backing band, you know, and uh, you know, has a backing band and stuff. And these sort of sing, you know, Bruce Springsteen, you know. But I think if you said to Bruce Springsteen, are you Bruce Springsteen or are you Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band? I think he sees himself more. He's not stupid enough to see no, he isn't a solo artist, but he sees himself more as a band. You know, I don't know. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. I think, uh, I, I, think I think Elton John paid his musicians. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Shit. Um, like <laughs> nowadays, it is literally like someone will play a stadium with a backing track over the massive PA. Yeah, that, yeah. Did, did, did we did we get that from DJs or did we get that from pop music? Well, DJ, like I'd argue, I'd argue on the on the perspective of electron of electronic music, like with okay. DJs and stuff, and yeah. house and things like that. How else are you going to create the fucking music? There yeah, you go. Well, I don't know what you. Work I, I, goes into it. No, work does go into it. Something like, like you know, you have the orbital, and you know, and the Chemical Brothers. That's that's kind of the I mean, people that made the music. It's it's not as visually stunning as some would argue as lots of people on stage but you know and lots of music uh, music musicians and stuff if you will on stage i mean i i personally hate both of those acts but <laughs> <laughs> um no i don't know it's it's kind of it, i could be like well you could have a combination of both uh, a band like the prodigy mm. managed to please the people that like lots of people on stage but at the same time kept the dj for those who were interested in the genre it really yeah. When you get a band like that, it tosses all of this debate into a massive yeah. dumpster fire. So I, yeah, it does. I don't know. It does. But it, like, apart from electronic music, like I was specifically like lately, you in the past like couple of years, you you're getting things like mumble rap. Yes. And it's like you could just do this on your own. You could literally just beatbox a back and track, make a few stupid noises. Have it yeah. in time and just do that on like SoundCloud. There's, one, there's, there's YouTube footage of people doing that, isn't it? Taking the piss out of me, going, "This is how quickly I could put together a mumble track and and off you I'm go." Not, I'm not aware of it, but like, oh no, I'm no, yeah. So go on YouTube now, and I, I, I've been sent stuff by people where it's like um, I create a mumble rap track, and it's like ten, ten minutes long, and if you put it against another track, and you'd be like, "Fucking hell." There's, there's no difference. And that's a really interesting point that you bring up there, Luke. And one that brings comes up a lot through the podcasts is that because something is easy to do, sometimes yeah. that stops it, the gatekeeper of difficulty being there. And what I mean by that is that 
sometimes uh, a song's good because you had to work at it and you had to practice and get it right before you know you, you could do it record it in your house you had to go and earn the right to get into a studio and it cost money and you had to put time and effort into it and because that was one of the gatekeepers it prevented a lot of people who were lazy and it prevents a lot of people who weren't talented from making records not that those people didn't make records some of them did but it certainly acted as a gatekeeper we've removed yeah. that I could, I could, I could get, um, I could take one of my guitars now and randomly pluck it in any fashion you want, record it, put it on YouTube, charge someone 50 pence to buy it. And immediately I've wrote a song, but you haven't, you haven't, you've done all the residues of, of writing a song, verse, chorus, vocals, melody, but you haven't, and it doesn't carry any weight. And because we haven't got those gatekeepers anymore and anybody can do anything, that's that's one of the negatives that's come out. I got this argument thrown back in my face, rightly so, by Xander, a halfway um, home proof. He turned it round and said, I agree that that means that there's going to be some shit. But also, because anybody can do anything and record anything they want and put it out there, what, what an amazing freedom we've got then now. And I understand that argument too. I'm not sure. It, it depends, like the where the point of access is afforded, like at okay. what basis. So mm. when you're saying like you had to go into a studio and you had to be prepared and do all this, that yes. sounds like very merit. Like that sounds like a meritocracy to me. Okay, explain. The only the only thing that I would say is beneficial if anyone can do it is if uh, if you can't afford to go into the studio. Do you know what I mean? Mm. If there's a point where, like, you're totally dedicated, you're at that point, but you can't get to that for whatever you're talking reason. about. You're talking about it. You're you're providing a semantical argument to it. That if you physically can't do it, but, if you look, like if you don't have access to something, yeah, that that's where yeah. I'm like. That's maybe the only problem that I'd see with it. But, well, yeah, I I think that's valid. I think you know if someone is poor enough that they don't own. Uh, thing to make that music then that's a barrier and that's a barrier that we don't want we don't want that barrier yeah um, i'm talking about barriers that like i'll give you an example so when uh you know they used to record way back when in elvis's time and johnny cash and that type of thing yeah. they would cut the wax or the acetate for the record as those people were playing it so you had one shot pretty much to record that song or album it was recorded there and then, one take, and that's the end of it. And that's a that's that's an that's not a, a semantics barrier. That's a barrier of are you a good player or not? Have you practiced that piece enough? Do you care enough about that piece of music that you're willing to get it so perfect that you can play it with it when the red light comes on? And and I think and I think that's the type of barrier that's that's barriers in general are shit but that's not necessarily a barrier but a gatekeeper to the quality of music that that is good to have you know what's you know that now there's no one saying you know and um, that's out of time you know unless you intend it to be out of time then you know it's i, I think sometimes those things are necessary it's difficult because i believe in free speech in every form and i believe that music should always be free as well to, and accessible to anybody um, and I guess the downside of that is that we have to we, we sometimes have to get stuff that we think is vacuous and, and, and not of merit.
I guess that's the downside of it. I think I'd take that downside if I think about it now. It's the performance and the quality of what's going on. But some And some barriers, like you said, the semantics of physically not being able to go to a studio, that's a bad barrier. You know what I mean? You know, that order, that's a bad thing. You know, I'm talking about the, the... If I have to argue with myself here, I think in order to, to get complete freedom in music where people can play anything they want, well, we have to put up with vacuous stuff that doesn't hold any weight, weight or, or anything for us. I think maybe that's what we have to have. But it's when you, it's when you get to the point where the, the vacuous stuff is actually like... Yeah, shaping it, yeah. It's more important... Like yeah. it's drawing people in. Yeah. It's your revolution. You know, you're seeing adverts for the vacuous stuff fucking everywhere. And yeah, it's, doing- it's it's become it's become more important now. Like, yeah, I don't know. Well, you know, is taste something that you can you can't you can't orchestrate? Can you? You know, what I mean, it's like, are we living through one of the worst times for original music? Is it always going to be that? You know, with the I with think the, we are. We're, like, we're, but in the seventies, were they like? This is the terriblest type of music. There's fucking bands everywhere, and there was. There's bands everywhere. It's like, you know, you couldn't throw a rock, and and you know, I'm sure they were thinking it was terrible. Throughout every generation, scorned the next. They're thinking that, that, that there's nothing else left to do. Right up until Elvis picks up a guitar and wiggles his legs. Right up until you know, uh, Marilyn Manson walks out. You know, as a, a, as a kind of Nazi saluting kind of priest. <laughs> I, I think. You know, I, I think everybody thinks that right up until someone comes along and goes, by the way, you can do this now. And that's when yeah. maybe we need to create, maybe that maybe all good music is, is a reaction to the apathetic stuff. Maybe that's all it is. But people go, I just fucking can't stand this shit anymore. I'm going to write something fucking that's going to fucking buy people back in again. But isn't, isn't that mad? Because like theoretically you could write something that isn't different and it just creates a different reaction from an audience. And it, yeah. the audience reaction that creates that whole wave that you're talking about. Wow, that's deep. That's <laughs> we've covered stuff. There's no way anybody sitting there go, okay, what? Who, who's the guest on the on the show this time? Luke, who's the fuck's look for a band called Sick? Or it'll be some death metal band or something like that. Right. And then halfway through, they're listening to this now. I'm like, what the fuck? They're going through the semantics yeah, of I'm modern just, day I'm music. Just, I'm just digging this whole fucking deeper. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, so, I, was, I was saying, like, I, I just yeah. keep digging this hole, don't I? <laughs> you just, yeah, you've done. It's, it's, it's. I think it's things that people talk about and things that people go, well, what the fuck is the answer? And the only way we move forward i think and the only way we kind of get a better understanding is talking about this is get, you know surely this type of debate and conversation is is good you know you'll listen to my point i'll listen to your point we'll discuss what we think we'll try and come up with suggestions about how we can improve our local scene and so that brings up a great question i was forced to internalize a lot of this and figure out how it was going to help my local scene and um, be better and, and kind of come up with great great music um what how have you found the, our local scene you were at that uh, metal con, uh, conference thing that i did weren't you um yeah yeah, yeah. i, I, I how, went to that how, how did how, what do you think about the scene itself about the music around you in your immediate area um i mean are we on about the metal scene or the music scene because let's let's start with the music scene and then get myopic and talk about the metal scene but the music scene as a whole so from a live band perspective the majority of bands in liverpool that play live are indie bands and yeah. cover bands yeah not great like and from 
my personal opinion, it's it's receding. I don't know what's gonna replace it, mm. but it's slowly dying. Whatever it is, okay. There are, pe- there, there are people out there that are trying to emulate like Stone Roses, things like mm. that. Yeah, Oasis, mm. and it's starting to get boring. I mm. mean, it wasn't good in the first place from my perspective, right. but the people are, are starting to go well. Yeah, okay, we've we've seen you three times now. What else is there? Mm. Um, the metal scene, like, in Liverpool, I mean, it's pretty... It depends, like, what you want. I mean, if you're, I don't know, if you like industrial metal, there's probably no bands I can mention off the top of my head. Right. <laughs> For example, like, yeah. you know, it's just going by genres. Yeah. But in terms of, like, if you want to go go get a gig you can get a gig easy i mean now it's quite hard because of this whole corona thing <laughs> oh you said the c word you're not allowed yeah yeah yeah. i, well, I think yeah I, yeah i think yeah, I, I, I i proved i think i proved it fairly successfully on the on the podcast i did with my friend massey we we i was charged by him to to take to go to three shows of varying like descriptions of varying size venues with various styles of metal and rock on show and and at first at first I thought it might be quite a tough ask, but then in reality it was very very easy. I think there is a scene. I think you have to do a tiny bit of work to do, to uncover that scene. Yeah. Um, I, I think it is there. Like you say, if you're a metal band, you can get a show. You can get a show. You get a little bit of work, and and there are there are several people doing it. And slightly to the outside and wigging away and stuff like that. There are there are there are ways out. Uh, do you think that it's healthy with the scene? Do you think it's growing? Um, I mean, w- ooh, when you say healthy and growing, like it's not going to stagnate and die. Mm. Probably not, because the people that are in it right now, obviously, from my experience, like they're just doing it to do it. Right. Um, but the, I think the major the major problem with me, uh, the major problem with me, sorry, the major problem with <laughs> the local music scene, I mean, this applies to quite a lot of places. Mm. Anywhere that's not like a massive city, which is weird because Liverpool is like a massive city. Capital anywhere of culture at not, one point, yeah? Yeah, e- exactly. But anywhere that's not Manchester or London or Birmingham, mm. it's like if you play a gig, for some reason there's more band members than yeah. all the instruments. Yeah, yeah. Like it just it's just a thing. And I don't know whether it's to do with metal because a lot of no, no, I don't like, think it's necessarily genre specific. That yeah, but there's it seems to be. I mean, this is a trend that's grown anyway because there's an accessibility to musical instruments and things like recording software and stuff. You can, mm. as we were discussing, you can just sit in your fucking bedroom and do a musical project. Yes, yeah. Um, is, so I mean, by that rationale, you know, and kind of. Is it healthy? Is it like? Is it is it growing and stuff? Is it is it, is it who's who's to blame here? Who's who, how do we fix that? Can we fix that? Can we fix attendances to shows? Is it something that's going to always be that way and, and and that's the way it is? Or is is are we doing something wrong? Do the bands need to evolve? The promoters need to evolve? The the venues need to evolve? What needs to happen? I don't know because it's kind of. I mean, it used to be, you know, uh, bands would play, 
they'd get a fee from a promoter. A promoter would make money off whatever, and yeah. that would be that. Everyone would make money and go home, and fans would get a product for what they paid the ticket price for. It's yes. all good. Yes. Everything's changed now because you can just watch a fucking live video and mm. save yourself the five or the tenner and yeah. train ride to town or yeah. whatever. It's We live in an age where, ironically, live music itself is a niche unless you're a stupidly popular band. Mm, I think so. So, I mean, how do we get past that? Can we get past that? I don't know. It's This is the thing, like, from my experience, like, the bands that do well live, and I mean, they pull people to shows and they're not massively, you know, they're not, yeah. Um, I don't know. They're not Metallica, but yeah. they're thrash metal bands, and they yeah. pull people in. From my experience, they tend to just, uh, like, they tend to have like cult followings. Mm. It's it's it, I don't know. It's really weird. It's like if you if you don't fit into like cult bands or like a kind of extreme band, or you go down a path. Mm. If you don't go down a path and you don't commit to it, then. You unless unless you do something else, like you might, you you just won't make it. As far as mm. I'm concerned, I think that this uh, current lockdown situation will actually lead to some of those changes. I think in in bad and in good ways. In bad ways, that a lot of bands will fold completely. Venues, some venues will fold completely. Uh, certainly, crew and stuff like that will will go into other professions and will will lose that. I think that will all happen. But I think that the, the, there's a lot of bands out there now, I talked about this with Pete, that have now gone, what, you can, we, we can stream and we can do that and there's a whole technological side of things that we can do and are going to kind of sharpen up that experience as well. And I think the, the landscape of things after this will, will change, I think quite permeably as well, quite quite noticeably. Um, I, I'm not sure because, like, if... Hmm. Sorry to cut you up there. No, no, don't if, if you were to say, like, oh, yeah, so a band is streaming essentially a live gig yeah. for live experience, or they're trying their hardest to get as close to that as possible. Mm. The problem is, so if you've seen that video, you've sat through that hour-long set or whatever, why yeah. the fuck would you go and buy a ticket? I, I know that's cutthroat as fuck. And that's no, it's probably, Luke. Again, it's, it is the perfect, it's the perfect no, it's sort a, of argument. A lot of, a, a lot of people, unfortunately, think like, I don't support this line of think, thinking, by the way, but a lot of people are like, well, I've Listen, seen that. Listen, that's a very real, real and un, 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 honest observation. Here's, here's what I said to Pete at the end of the, uh, the podcast I did with him. I think I might have a solution. As crazy as it sounds, the solution to live music may come from me. Is incredible. I know someone fucking if, if there's any money to be made off it, I can get some money, at least a decent set of fucking mics for us. Uh, but <laughs> it, how about this? How about you do your live stream of you playing in your practice room? Yeah, you do that. Yeah. And the live stream costs whatever you decide. Let's say five pounds, okay? And your live stream is an hour and a half or the Q and A with the band and all that other nonsense. Ah. Uh... You see what I'm going with this? But yeah. that means that the next time that you play is free. So you've reversed why someone would not go. Someone's not going to a show because it costs to go to the show. 
Well, reverse yeah. that then. Watch the live thing for a fiver, fiver from your own home. Not, not you know, people buy stuff, you know, when they buy pay per views and stuff, and no problems at all. They don't give it yeah. a second thought. It's much easier to buy the use the five pounds to watch your show. But then, if if once they watch that show, they they can they can pick which gig they want to go to of yours, and it's free. Are you familiar with uh, platforms like Twitch? Yes. So you're a, what you've just proposed is essentially Twitch for music. Well, uh, yes, I mean, Twitch, Twitch, yeah. But what I'm saying is, with Twitch, the difference is that there's no live side of it, right? What right. I'm saying is, what I'm saying is that you, with Twitch and patrons and that type of thing, I get that you watch that, you pay it, and that's cool. I'm talking about the other side of that coin. So what I'm saying is that people all come to live music because they'd rather watch it at home and watch a live stream. Okay. Well, let's do this then. So you watch your live stream, pay for your live stream, but because you do that, we're going to yeah. give you a free ticket to the show. And it's been done. There's been elements oh, of it. Oh, right. Sorry. Yeah. You, so you now, yeah. out or something before because I never Sorry. heard that. So, yeah, right. so, so for me then, someone's going to go, okay, well, hold on. I've been, I've watched Sick play their hour set. Great. Yeah. For like five pounds or whatever. And, I get a free pass now to say whatever they're playing next, I can go in for free because I've already paid to see them. So you, you get, I don't know how you work it. You would get like a code or whatever it is. Yeah. And yeah. You, no, you get a ticket or something yeah, like that. And so, you, so the yeah. barrier, the barrier that you give of like, well, you don't want to fucking pay. Well, you, you're not, you haven't paid. So don't worry about that. Yeah. And then I wonder how, what the up, keep would be to it then i wonder how many people if if you knew if you watched a band for a fiver and to get people to pay two pound fifty or a fiver to come to to watch a show and live stream i don't think it's asking a lot i don't think it's asking a lot this is the concern I, though like yeah so like from my perspective um yeah. so like if i were to do that as a band yes uh so it's essentially so we're essentially playing two gigs for the price of one to put it 100%, yes. Yeah. But it means that we're getting, you know, extra fans. Um, yes. Okay, well, look, yeah. well just, just to interject slightly here, yeah, so you, you, yes, you're playing twice, yeah. but the work for both of the shows is nowhere near the same. Because one you can do from a recording space that's already set up largely to, to have you play anyway, yeah. Um, obviously, there's a production value to it: cameras, microphones, et al. Whatever you, whatever you, you need to do that. But it's yeah. nowhere near to than travelling to St Helens, loading in, loading out, sound checking, and all that. You know, it's it's not it's not two gigs; it's two performances, but all about yeah. two wildly different sem- semantical endeavours. It's it's weird. I mean. I see, do you know what, now you've put, like, the geographical seed in, in, in my head. It's like, do you know what, yeah, if you had a, f- for example, yeah, that could work, to be let honest. Me, let me put this to you as well about this idea. Let me put this to you. So, I don't know how much you earned from your last show. I don't want to know I, I, it, it, whatever you earn from your show. Right. I would argue most bands, if they came away with more than, say, 30 or £40, pounds, would see it as a success yeah. Yeah. I, I think would you agree? You you would well, say that I am saying yeah to that statement, yeah. Yeah. So I think that 
so we're, we're operating on the fundamental principle that if everybody who went to watch the stream paid a fiver, yeah? Mm -hmm. So we would just need 10 people to pay a fiver, right? right? So using that barometer, let's take those five people. Um, so there's 10 people that are paying a fiver. Now it's 20 people paying £2.50. Do you see where I'm going with this? Yeah. So you still get. So you do. So what you then do is a tiered system. So I'll give. Let me break it down. Like this. This is a fucking million dollar idea. I'm just fucking throwing away here, aren't I? <laughs> okay. So let's say this. You do. A, you do a tiered idea system. Let me. Let me explain it as best I can. So yeah. you say I'm going to do. We're going to do a live stream of our set on Friday the whatever at eight o'clock. The first people to pay. Um, on it will mm -hmm. get it at this price and it will only go up from there so right. the first 10 people only have to pay 50 pence to watch the live stream the next 10 it's a pound the next 10 it's one pound or two pounds see where i'm going yeah already you've got i'm gonna have to do the math here with the calculator but already you've All got right. 30 people and you've got a little bit of money there, do you see? But it's the prop that right. So from before, mm. right. So I I had a point I wanted to make. Okay. And I will come back to this. I, I promise. <laughs> so like as soon as you mention like geography, yeah, it is useful for a band like say us where we're not gonna exactly go to North America on tour next year. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. someone in America enjoys our music and they want to send us a fiver. They can do that. Yes. It's that's not a bad idea. That's the basics of patrency, though. That, that isn't it. Yeah. What are, the other I side? Guess of the, so, yeah. The other side of the coin, I think, is this as well. It's all about value. Okay. So for me, whenever I subscribe to something or buy something or stream it, whatever I where I ingest a musical thing, right. it's all about the the uh, the quality of what's on offer and the content. So you lean into that. So what do I mean by that? Well, I mean, if you go to, um, to, if you do this, you've got to weigh up every facet of it. So the, the recording itself, when you do the streaming, that's got to be good and it's got to be sound and all the rest of it, yeah. But there's no reason you can't do a Q&A afterwards. Adds value to it. Okay. There's also the other side of it is where if you do stream it, that person gets sent a digital copy of the album that that right. person gets uh you know a, a song that isn't released or you, you know you've you've not recorded they could also get a copy of that recording as well digitally sent to them so now okay. so now someone's paid two three let's say a fiver they've come away watched the band live in a, in a through a stream had a chance to have a q a with the band got a copy of the album and a copy of that thing that they've just watched and a free ticket to go to their show. There is a hole in this argument I've seen. There's a hole in this argument. Do you want to? Do you want to poke it, or do you want me to? <laughs> we, we, is that whole? Is that whole promoter? Uh, not really. No. Oh, because... good. Okay. Because the more holes we find, the more we can plug them. My hole is this: who's making the money at the venue? Well, if the band self hires. 
I think that's the only way to do it. Otherwise, you'd have to get a promoter who wasn't making any money because no one's paying paying on the door. Well, not a lot of people. This is the thing. If you unless we go into like, unless you're doing this on a model of where it's thousands of people and the promoter is a legal body that's registered as a company, then it gets complex. But if you talk about that, it's probably worthwhile anyway to get Mm. someone who's a promoter. Mm. So the conversation shifts anyway. Oh, well, I think, let's look at it this way, before we bring up your your possible hole with it. Um, Why can't three bands of the same sort of ilk get together on this? So you book out the outpost. The outpost is... Not that expensive to book out. You know, they're beautiful oh, people there. Yeah, yeah. They, they, that's a great place to play. You're telling me you we couldn't get three bands who had this idea together and play that set there and play a show there? I think you could. I think they'd make a fortune on the booze and the pizza that they sell, the takes. You know, I think that's, that's doable. I think as it gets bigger, the problems become more convoluted and difficult to understand about how we're going to get by them. But I think as a basic solution, it's not fucking bad. Just it, what's the it, other hole? You tell me the other hole. I mean, the hole for me is, um, I mean, it's it's more just like it could, it could just bomb at the lowest level. Okay, if explain, no explain, buys, explain it bombing at the lowest level. Okay, so uh, we stick this. So we we promise a Q and A. We promise a free gig ticket, etc. Yes. But if no one buys it at the lowest level, i.e., right. we don't get any of these fifty p people, etc. Yeah, we might have actually made a loss. Okay, where does the where does the loss come from? Uh, so so let's say okay the, the 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 actual show that you play in front of an audience in front of a, an electronic audience, that's going to be something you've already set up anyway. So it's yeah. in a room that you probably already pay for. You don't really have to pay for mics and cameras. You probably already got that to a certain degree. Right. If no one watches it. I don't see how you've monetarily lost. You've only lost time and effort. You haven't lost money. Okay. Well, this was specific to, you were saying, like, uh, say, if someone's got a free copy of an album, etc. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah, but it's a, it's, a free, it's a free digital copy. You're not producing CDs. I'm saying that, that from a monetary point of view, there's not, you know, the free album is a digital one. There's no money right. there. The performance is something you probably would do anyway instead of doing a practice. The microphones and stuff and stuff that's required for that. It's not really not really that much, is it? Do you know what I mean? I just I don't see you know, you could do it on a Twitch channel as well. You know, I don't see where's where's the monetary loss? If it was if it was a complete bomb and it was shite, where's the monetary loss? I, I, maybe it's from like my personal circumstances, because like okay. I mean I don't even own a drum kit, you know. Okay, look, yeah, but uh, that, that that might be a quite specific yeah. problem. I think, you know, we could probably get around that. I, I don't think, you, I think you know. if you were set up, yeah, do you know yes. what, yeah, okay. But, is it's, that, is, go on. but, like, the model that you're trying to define is for bands that probably don't own maybe all their gear. It depends, like, what you define a local band that, well, I think I think most most bands now have a practice room. I think that that exists. Um, I right. think at a base level, most people do, apart from yourself, own their own instruments that they can play through. I think most people have 
phones and microphones or at least access to them at little or not no cost in order to produce this i don't think it's a quantum leap to jump for people to do that right i, I don't think it is I, I might be wrong but i've been in bands and i've and i've, and I've done it and i think it, it wouldn't require me any money to do what i'm talking about for me to do it right now and i'm yeah. not in a band currently don't get me wrong i'm sure there's going to be some people that it wouldn't be able to be done for i get that i get that but i think the vast majority would hey they already are people are doing live streams all the time at the moment now because of this lockdown and i just think that there's far too many positives and not that many negatives of this i think it's a way forward possibly yeah it just it- needs cracking it's it's weird though, like it, a lot of people with the lockdown statuses, etc. Yeah, like people are doing like live streams over Facebook and stuff. I've seen a couple. Yeah, and for some reason it's just being bands that are doing it. So like, <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, yeah, no one who's like an individual has been doing it. It's just being like groups. Yeah. Um, it's more of just like a statement, like business as usual. Yeah, or, it's it's a placeholder before things go back to normal, isn't it? But that's yeah. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying is that when things aren't going to go back to normal, the cha- the landscape will have be changed when we return. Well, you know, there'll be this big surge of people going to live music again because it'll be like, fuck, we can get out. You know, that first day in the pub is going to be incredible. You know, you people are just going to go fucking hammer it. But that's not going to last. Live music was on its arse before this. This is just knocked it right off its fucking horse do you know what i mean it's i mean it's there's a there's a few things to consider because like if you think about it after the immediate effect so let's say this did wipe out a few bands like it, will, it, it has and will definitely right well i don't really know because i've literally been isolated <laughs> <laughs> so if it has wiped out a few bands then there is actually quite there's quite an interesting effect in in the the bands that are left will I mean, at least from an economic point of view, they'll increase in value. So it, it'll actually, like, bands, if they want to play a gig, will have more of a leg to stand on if they want to negotiate, for example. Because uh, who else are you going to get? Possibly, yeah, possibly. I think the other problem is that, the, is that the genie will be out the bottle and we can't unfuck this situation. So by that I mean that if a venue closes and venues are going to close because of this, they're not going to reopen. Do you see what right. I'm saying? There'll, there'll be bridges that will be fundamentally burned from this. But if that the, happens, is that not going to occur everywhere? This I agree. The- no, I agree. It is. It, it, or it is in, in the food industry, in the fucking cinema industry, in, in oh, every no, sort I, of I mean, geographically, not, not, yeah. not by industry. Yeah, so, no, uh, no, completely. It, completely. It's not like a... A band from London, for example, will have a, a, an advantage over a band from Aberdeen. No, you know? no, no. I think we're all on the same ship together in that respect. Like, yeah, most definitely. But now I'm thinking that, like, you know, it's going to be like a, a it's going to like carve out a whole new way of doing things. One of the things I saw recently in the last couple of days was people going, I've now realized I can do my job from home. And businesses have realized that certain people can do their job from home just as well as having an office. And I'm telling you now that the businesses will be going, okay, do we need to have an office? Do we need to have this many spaces? Can we get these people to, in both a good and a bad sense? And yeah. 
that will translate to our little corner of music. It will, it will translate to that. We'll all lose the venues that won't reopen again. We'll lose the technical people that help make shows happen. We'll lose bands that were doing this as a side thing because they had a main job. Now have to do, get rid of it because they don't have the time because they have to go and do work that they didn't want to do because they, they have to pay the bills and they have to put the yeah. food on the table. We're going to lose a lot of them. And some would argue it's a natural evolution. Um, uh, however negative it is, maybe, and I put this to Peter, so it was like, maybe the next evolution of music isn't coming from music. It's coming from this pandemic. You know, we always thought that the next evolution would be the next Kurt Cobain comes along and changes the face of music. Maybe it's not that. Maybe it's this pandemic which is going to come along and change how um, music's listened to and, 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 and put out, out and all the rest of it because of people have been forced to reevaluate it. It, it depends because, like, okay, I'll, I'll follow your route and I'll say, okay, okay yeah. Okay. Let's say we come out of this corona thing and there's literally, like, two venues mm-hmm. or three venues to, like, a massive city. Yeah. Talking, like, Metropolis. Yeah. So suddenly, like, there are loads of clubs shut down, loads mm-hmm. of bands shut down. Mm-hmm. It's like, so the value of a band to a club and the value of a live experience to... Uh, someone who goes to a gig yeah it's gonna change we don't know what way that's gonna change mm. there might be way fewer bands there might yeah. be more bands which is even that could possibly be it's even possible. worse it, it could be better for the scene but mm. it could be worse for those who were already trying to either yeah make a living as, as a quick or, sidebar to that isn't the best music come from struggle and in their environment you know you think of sabbath and Birmingham, you think of like you know all these difficult environments, working class. The struggle always seems to produce the best music. Um, I don't know how much of that is a true statement. I mean, I'm kind of like for some reason when you said like those first words, and then you said Birmingham. Before you said Birmingham, I was like, yeah. Do you know what reggae was pretty much born out? Of that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, you're thinking like yeah, Compton give give us gangster rap and stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I only, oh, no, only mentioned it because I, I it's completely, such an easy go-to, isn't it? You know, priests come from a industri- industrial town, towns where people that were talking yeah. from the six, early 60s about fucking flower power, that didn't mean anything to those people. And because life was very hard, they sung about and played that harsh lifestyle came across. The, this part of struggle now just generate good music. I don't yeah. know. You know, it's breaking the law. It's like you don't know what it's like. It's pretty much yeah. the personification of... Yeah, yeah, as if you're you've been on the breadline. Yeah, as if you wondered where your next meal fucking comes from. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know no. what it's like, you don't eat, you don't have a clue. If you did, you'd be doing the same thing too. You know, it's, the, it's like yeah. I yeah. don't know, I mean that's a sidebar. So keep going, sorry you were saying. Well, I, I dunno, it's um it's hard. So like the effect on like the value of bands and the effect on like venues as I'm saying, I mean, venues might change. It might not be like a mm. building in the center of your town. It might, it might get localized. You never know. Mm. It might be uh, centralized. So we might all have to just fucking make our way to Manchester if you want to go see a, lo- a, a live wow. rock band. Yeah. And then the rock bands might charge five pound more if you want to go see it. And you might mm. still go see it. Mm. Depends how people react. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I think we could. The only thing that probably we can 100% agree on is that it, I think things will be different. 
better, worse, somewhere in between. They will be different after this lockdown, especially if it goes on for like three, four months. I think it will have an effect uh, on society and, and by its extension, music and, its, and, its, and, and, and the whole scene itself. Well, I, I don't know, like continuing with, so like I was going to go with the scenario where like, okay. yeah, there's like, there's no venues and stuff mm. and bands are just playing in like the backyards or whatever. Yeah. Or releasing studio shit. So live music is dead. But you know, like, the first band that plays a live set, finally, after this whole kind of recession, let's call it. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're going to be worth quite a lot, those tickets. That's the funny Yeah, it's like the first mosh pit that goes off. After after, whatever, yeah. After, yeah, it's going to be, you know. I just hope that those people remember what it was like not to have those things. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. It's the biggest cliche in the world. But, you know, I hope they do that. They, you know, people go, fucking hell. Do you remember when you can go and see a band? What? You should be able to get to see a band and be right up close to them and talk to the guitarist afterwards. Remember that? What? You used to be able to do what? You know, we've seen a glimpse of that. This is a glimpse into that, is if you yeah. didn't have a live music scene. And if, it's starting to really fucking grind on me that I can't see a live band. It was, part, it was part of my weekend of my weekend you know week that that to go and see a band it was it was part of it it was part of my i don't know it, it was at least once a month i'd be playing in front of a crowd so i'd get yeah. kicks out of it i'm not gonna lie yeah course, a lot of yeah. people don't understand that but like yeah yeah, yeah. it's genuinely better than sex playing <laughs> out. i'm not asked i'll yeah. go out and say it like yeah, yeah. And so, and so, you know, I think, I think we are missing, we, we've moved, or it's only been like a week, couple of weeks, but we are genuinely missing it and craving it. One can only hope that um, when this all comes back to some normality, we realise what, what, what we knew we could have lost before we actually do. Yeah. Wow. That went, that went one of the longest ones, one of the <laughs> hardest ones to record. Sorry, from, man. But only, but only from a technical standpoint. But you know what? There's going to be some people who listen to the show and go, are oh, these these thrash guys are so like, I don't know, they've got a, a drummer who sings. Well, I can't imagine they're going to say an awful lot. And then some of the stuff we touched on, honestly, honestly, Luke, was, was great. Um, really, <laughs> I think we, we, we touched on some interesting things there. Like, I think people are going to kick from that. And it's going to throw up a ton of conversation from it, which is all they should ever do, man. I hope Fantastic. I didn't chat like that much shit. Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's my job. You're, you're, you're a complete sense. I'm the shit talker. I do all oh. the bubbles and shit. You talk all the facts. Like so, it's fine. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Luke Daly from the band Sick. Thank you very much, sir. It's rather me on. <laughs> so Luke Daly there from Sick. What did everybody think of my uh, attempts to kind of stitch together some kind of Frankenstein's monster of a of a podcast? It, it kind of worked, didn't it? That wasn't too bad. Um, and we covered everything. Who'd have thought that the dubstep would have come up in the conversation? Who'd have thought that would have been a thing? Um, you know, but it was. We talked about it. We talked about everything, Elvis and and kind of all that everything. And I think we offered up some interesting opinions and some interesting possible solutions. And more than anything else, which is which is always kind of what I'm trying to do here, trying to go, okay, look, you know, um, there's a lot of problems in the world, but there's also you know potential for a lot of solutions. So, where do we look for that, and how does that work? And Luke, I thought spoke very eloquently on the things that he that he liked, you know, and and so I would suggest checking out his band. I'm going to put links, obviously, on on the podcast show itself as well. The band's sick, and um, and you know, I think. 
these conversations, the, the longer ones, are the are ones where you really kind of get you challenged on on what you believe and the things you 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 understand to believe, and that's always a good thing. That's always a good thing. So the next um, couple of shows, I don't know what order I'm going to do things in, but we've got the surprise reveal of of me sitting down with Deified and going through the tracks that they've got of their upcoming album. I'm probably going to do another listen in. I've thrown it out to the world there about which one I should do a listen in for, and I'm going to try and sneak some some interviews in there as well, depending on who's who who can get round the table, so to speak. Um, once again, thanks for listening, and we will, I promise, at some point, I will see you at the show. <laughs>